I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, a good, good, good. Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Fox Sports Saturday. It's a Fox Football Saturday with the fellas, and we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. The way tire buying installations should be. All right. Hey, I got to tell you, it's a Fox Football Saturday, man. Uh, and this is great. It's been a very tumultuous week. First, uh, all of our hearts go out to those in Florida. I know it was really, really bad. And, and uh, my dad, in fact, is was in the middle. He's in Naples. And, uh, man, there's been a lot of people without power. It's been... It's been rough go with Hurricane Ian, so let's just begin the show with a little a well wishes to all of our friends down in Florida and wish them the best. Send our prayers, as always. And uh, we begin a, a, a very interesting weekend in college football. We'll get to, we'll tackle all the pro football. We got a London game that we're very excited about that we'll talk about as well. But again, I think we're still talking about Thursday night and Tua and what happened with uh, Tua Tagovailoa, and uh, what it was. Uh, I still go back to it, man. And as soon as it happened, you you just were stunned. It, it, it's amazing the game we love so much, and sometimes just the brutality just makes you so uh, upset, right? You're watching that thing and. When you saw his fingers um, like that, which is direct response to head trauma, uh, right away, you, you, it just got you. It, it, it really did. It, it hit you. And first thing you, you started to do, I, I started to do was, was just pray for him. Like, oh, my God, I hope he's okay. And, you know, please, you know, make him be all right and, and that sort of thing. And 
you know, that's the thing about, I think, football fans is that we love the sport so much, but when you see someone seriously hurt and you it automatically realize, oh, my God, please, please, you know, just with for, you know, make sure, you know, they're all right and the whole thing. And, you know, it, it sombers you up sometimes uh, from the froth of, you know, football love, right? Oh, my God, this is, this is the best. And so it was a, uh, it was a, man, that was a tough one. That was one of the, the tougher ones in recent history, watching that game and and stark reminder, man, how just how tough the game is, man, and how brutal it can be. So I I, I don't know what the Dolphins are thinking. I I know. I, listen, they deserve every bit of criticism they're getting all week because it was just inexcusable. He shouldn't have been playing. I mean, we saw. The wobble and the and the and the stumble, you, you you we know at this when it comes to this sport, it's got to be player safety first, and that's it. There is no excuse. What Miami did was was terrible. I mean, just absolutely terrible. You can't imperil them. I mean, you know, you call it a back injury, even though you looked at it and you watched the stumble. Everybody saw it. He should have been. I, I, he shouldn't have been playing. And then. The other thing is, you got a three hundred forty pound guy just just wrecking a guy to the ground, wrenching him, and body slamming into the ground. I mean, for every time, and this is where you know we have to remember stuff like this because for every time people go, "Wow, come on, why are you throwing a flag there?" Just trying to protect the quarterback. It's for that. Like you, you can't fall on guys. You can't body slam them. You know where you're trying to directly injure them, and you know. I mean, you watch him just the way he slammed him to the ground. I mean, that was just uh, it just outrageous. It was un- uncalled for. So we all got to remember that stuff when you know we see a flag and people go, "Wait, wait a second, that's not the way you're you know you you are gonna you know do the whole thing where it's too it's a two hand touch and flag and all that stuff." Well, you don't need to do that. You you, you know that, that you don't need just get him to the ground. It's a shame. It really is. I really feel for him. R- really do. After uh, that was a that was a tough one. I, I was surprised, and we'll get into the whole uh, topic of it and and the coverage of it with Amazon and everything else with the guys. But I was surprised how they stayed there as long as they did, and with it, it was pretty. Uh, it was it was pretty gruesome. It, it really was. But it was a reminder. Look, we're in the teeth of it. We love it, um, and we're going to analyze it today. Obviously, uh, you know, get a big weekend with college football and uh, a big NFL weekend as always. With week four upon us, I can't believe it's October first, ladies and gentlemen. This is where it so speeds up. This is the best time of the sports calendar. Is October the confluence with all the games, all the sports? We'll have NBA this month, NHL this month. We will have baseball playoffs this month as the season winds down. Just got a few more to go, and if uh, they can get it in with all the rain that is uh, soaking parts of the country, uh, at least we start playoffs next weekend. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Good morning, Figgy. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, brother. Good to good to be back with you. And I go back to the the Amazon, you know, continuing the show of the replay of the injury. It was a... Uh, it doesn't bother me, to be honestly, per- personally. Like, I'm one of those guys. I remember when I was a kid, I, I watched open-heart surgery while eating nachos. This is actually a true story at the Science Center out here in Los Angeles. Things don't gross me out. But for a national audience— you watched open-heart yeah, surgery it was while a video. eating nachos. It was a video of an open-heart surgery. I'm fascinated by that stuff. If I trusted myself to have someone else's life in my hands, I would have been a surgeon. I don't, so I'd never want to do that. You would have been a great surgeon. I, that, listen, there's a gift. It is, people, yeah. You know, no, listen, that's a gift. Some people— have that have that gift. Other people go. There's no way in the world I could I could actually do that. This yeah. squeamishness. I just couldn't have that on my consciousness, knowing that things go wrong, whether it's my fault or not. To, to, yeah, it it, it, it takes that. an amazing amount of uh, resilience and mental toughness to to do that and to be willing to do that. And I have all the respect in the world for people that do. But in sitting there and watching the game with my wife, she she almost got up and left the room, saying like, "Why do they keep showing this? Like, turn this off until play resumes." And they showed that replay at least four or five times. Yeah, Him getting slammed to the ground, I guess, is one thing. I don't need a slow motion, up-close shot of his fingers like that. Why do that you was the one that, that got everybody, right? Like That, that was the one. Uh, it's, and it's, especially for those people that know that's, that, yeah. what that means right. and know that it's head trauma and it's a direct response. It's almost like you're, you're glorifying it to a degree. Like, oh, man, look at what, this, what the result of this play was. Right. You know, and right. it, it's hard to deny that that's what you were trying to do if you continually show it. Right. It was salaciousness. Yeah. It's that that part of it was ridiculous. But to your point, the part the fact that he was even in the game at that point in time was ridiculous. That he was even clear to play makes no sense. It, it does. Come on. We all see that. Yeah. Uh, we all saw that stumble yeah. against Buffalo. I mean, that, they showed that 100 times. Everybody saw it. How in the world could he play? I, I was shocked. I don't know about you, but when you found out he was playing, I was like, wow, really? I was surprised I guess, they let him back in the game against Buffalo, to be honest with you. Yeah. The fact that he even came back in that game was surprising. I know. And I don't know if there was just if there was some sort of lapse in the testing. Look, there's supposed to be, you know, independent doctors that are on site that perform these evaluations before they clear guys right. to go back into games. So either he did a hell of a job of, of you know, disguising the fact that he was fine or uh-huh. or, or something. But just to the naked eye, seeing how we reacted to that hit, there's no way that you'd be able to justify putting back putting him back in the game. And if you're the Dolphins, and maybe it's easy for me to say, I know it's a billion-dollar business and all that, maybe you protect him from himself and just say, you know what, we bite the bullet, it's a short week, we'll put Teddy B in there, just give yourself a week off, just you know, shake off the cobwebs, clear your head, literally, and we'll get back at it a week from now. I know it's a divisional game and all that, but some things are more important than just one game. Now yeah, you're it wasn't talking even about a conference game, but not a divisional game, and and you're you're right on, you're right on. It's a short week. 
It's on the road. What are you doing? I, I honestly, I, I, I was stunned when he got the clear to go. I, I, I was like, wow, really? I'm shocked he was playing. I was seriously, Fig. You, it, it, listen, you won, you won the game. If you're thinking about it from a from a standpoint of the season, mm-hmm. you win the game. It's a short week, right? What are you doing? I mean, a game on the road. I'm not saying you're going to try to lose the game, but you, you got to think about your player. And then, just from a standpoint of the season, right? Look about your franchise quarterback, right? Who's been playing so well? Yes. Why would you imperil him? That's such a bad idea. Yeah, it's a it's a different situation, but only similar in that we're talking about an injury. But we said the same thing about Justin Herbert last week with the ribs. Like, yeah. why would you put him out there? And he did not. Obviously, he was not right. Didn't look uh-huh. right. They got run off the field by Jacksonville. Uh, took some unnecessary hits. They left him in the game when they were getting blown out and took yeah. a couple of unnecessary hits by Tawan Walker at the very end of the game for no reason. He shouldn't have been in there. It just made it even worse. Sometimes I, I, I just don't understand the, the, the line of thinking with, with some of these coaches when it comes to that. You talk about this is your franchise quarterback, like you mentioned. You're going to need them for the long haul. If you have designs of making deep runs and being competitive when it really matters, who cares if you lose a game in game three or week three? Doesn't matter. No. In the grand scheme, it really doesn't. No, not at all. And for the health, the long-term health, ribs is one thing. (laughs) The long-term health for someone like Tua when it comes to concussions, and anybody that's ever played will tell you, you get a concussion one week, and then you get another one back-to-back weeks, just the the risk factors that go with that, the long-term implications, you know, worsen by ten times. Yeah, you're you're most vulnerable. It's and and you and you everybody knows it. The the I, I I'm just stunned that he got the clearance. I am he too. Gets clearance for it. It really makes and just from a from a strategic stand. Forget about player safety, which we know should be first and foremost. And by the way, the players' association should be out of their minds, yeah. angry and and looking to to put an investigation there. That, that's outrageous. But forget all, forget the, the the obvious, right? Just from a competitive, from a strategic standpoint, it's it was foolish. Yeah, you know, you're going to risk and peril the season. One thing we know, it's a 17 game season, right? So when you add that other week, you know, you, you know, you go all right. Well, and you're coming off a win. Yeah, right. Like you're you're coming off the win over Buffalo, so you know you you're you're exactly dead on. You give it a shot with Teddy B. It's not like he's horrible. He's going to come in and and he'll give you a competitive chance. You got those all those weapons. Just let let Tua just sit and 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 get well and and make sure on a short week you don't put him in, in peril. Something worse happening. And look what happened. It, yeah, it was just awful. It's it's just about what they prioritize. You know, they prioritize you know the wins and all that over the health and safety of the players, which we talk about all the time when it comes to the NFL. You know, they say one thing and then act another way. You know, they say they care about health and safety of players. They do until they don't. Right. And this is a perfect example of that. And listen, I understand. You know, fans and you know we're all hypocrites. We all love the game and. We all love the, you know, the the hard hits and the, you know, I, it, it's amazing to me what used to be. Do you remember when ESPN jacked yeah. up? Yes, it was you one know of the exactly where it was seconds. going. Yeah. and every, it was everybody loved that until you realize, you know, this isn't just a video game. No, and you look at all the, you know, 
the CTE, which has been a big thing over the last decade, and how many football players, you know, I, I, I forget what the study is, and maybe it, there's been more numbers now, but I think at the time, if I remember the numbers correctly, like they examined like 90 uh, former football players' brains, and like every last one of them had CTE. Like yeah. literally every single last one of them had CTE. Yeah. And, you know, some of these players end up committing suicide, murder suicides, Javon Belcher with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, obviously mm. Junior Seau, there's countless stories. And then guys who just have a lot of, you know, psychotic issues after they've played. This is like a serious issue that the NFL, by the way, had to get sued to even admit that there was a problem. Yeah. Like they care about player safety because it cost them billions of dollars in a lawsuit from former players. <laughs> right. That's the only reason why they quote unquote right. care. Right, it's not a, this altruistic no. uh, kind of practice that's going on here. No, no, I, I, you're you're 100% right. I just, I, I, I'm still stunned by it. And, and I go back to what we were talking earlier. And again, it, it just happened Thursday night. So, you know, all day yesterday. And it's mm-hmm. still not out of your system when you're thinking about, no. you know, discussing it from just the egregious standpoint of him playing. And then it happens. And then when when Amazon, I, I, I don't even know what, whoever was, was directing the telecast. I don't know what you're thinking, man. Like you can't, you can't be diving that deeply into that. Yeah, you can't keep. If you want to show the play where he got hurt, fine. Right, I get that. But I don't need to see the fingers. The aftermath. We don't need that. That's ridiculous. Show it once, and then and you're putting. You're also putting uh, Al Michaels and and Herbie in in a bad spot. Like they're showing it, and and. You know, it's your their job to analyze what you're what you're seeing. Like that's where you got to go, right? You know, you got to step back and realize, look how look how vast that that audience is. I yeah, mean, that, humongous. We all, the, the country. It's it's amazing the love affair that we have with that sport and the ratings. Like everybody watches these these island games, these Monday night games and Thursday night games and Sunday night games. I mean, you're talking about a huge, huge number of audience. The numbers are ridiculous because everybody watches. We all love it. We're all sitting having this shared experience over this stuff. That's why you got to you have to be even more on your game. These aren't regional telecasts, man. Yeah. This is a nation that's watching this stuff, and you, you got to be really on your game. Yeah, and they, they and they drop the ball on that. And I, I was a little surprised that that Al maybe should have said something in the talk back or even on the air. Like I don't know if we should be showing this. If he would have said something, I'm sure they would have stopped. But it uh, that was tough to watch. And it's kind of hard now in the middle. It is. It, it, it is on the moment like to, to him direct the for him to direct the telekits because he's trying to figure it out and you know how. Oh yeah, doing I, it. And I understand that part. You know, I do, I do. But um, that that was a uh, that was egregious. And to your point, even though it was streaming only these first couple of weeks, Amazon has done phenomenal with the streaming numbers, better than they anticipated. Uh, so there's still a lot of people, to your point, that have gone out of their way to go ahead and watch these games. And on a national stage, for something like that to happen, it's just a it was a terrible look. That was a terrible night for the NFL, to be honest. It really yeah, was. it was. And for the Dolphins, who yeah continue to be a horrible franchise. Let, let's let's not forget. What the tampering with Brady, the Sean Payton trying to a guy that was on their contract, trying to get him. The Brian Flores ending. The, right. Oh yes. Right. The Brady piece of it all. Yep. 
I mean, the, the, like you said, the Brian Flores, the the tanking, the, all that stuff. Jeez, I mean, can it get any worse for the Dolphins? Your owner's I, already on suspension. Right. I mean, I guess it could always get a little bit worse, right? I mean, they're winning games, so I guess. You yeah, know what? I, That's I, the crazy part, Ant. They're winning games, so ultimately, what does any of this matter, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's true. You're right. You're right. And and listen, I, I, I don't want to – I mean, I recognize the hypocritical nature of everything. Sure. Because, listen, especially we, we, we love it like everybody else. We love it. And, mm-hmm. and it's week four, and October 1 is here. And, you know, it's funny. It's part of me. I, I feel this way every time we – uh, put a month uh, of, of the calendar to bed during football season. I go, oh man, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I do like all. Oh, I'm like September's over. Oh no, I was just looking forward to Labor Day weekend and football. And now all of a sudden it's over. Well, you know, it just flies by. Before you know it, Ant, it'll be March, and you'll be like, oh my god, when is football coming back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's amazing. So. We will, uh, we you know, we're not going to belabor it, but no. you know, it'll be part of the thread throughout the show today. Mm-hmm. But we're going to dive in, and we, you know, our, it's our typical Fox Football Saturday. Well, we'll get you ready. We got a big college football slate. We got a you know week four. I love the London game, Fig. I I love having another early game. Very intriguing. Who's ready for the Andy Dalton experience? I know, I know. Do you do? You, will you watch? Oh yeah. Throughout, you'll wake up early. I mean, you're already up. Oh yeah, I'm always up. You're always so I'm all. You never sleep. Absolutely not. You're like Batman. <laughs> exactly. I've been You're called like that Batman. at times by my friends. Yes. Yeah, you are. You're Batman. <laughs> and here's Robin, Psycho Chris. <laughs> Hello, Psycho Chris. Hey, I, I get to be Robin here. Well, you get to wear, you, the, wear the tights and everything, huh? Yeah. Well, you know. Wow. You know, we got something against Robin. <laughs> no. No, will you, will you be Superman? Who do you want to be? No, no, no. Robin's fine. Robin's right. totally fine. I've I've read right. enough of the comic books to enjoy Robin. All right, be the I, I, you, you know me. I'm not penguin. a big comic book guy, so you yeah. know more than I do. I think I'm British enough to be Penguin. There you go. Mm. You I still are love, an anglophile. I still, yeah. What's that? You are an anglophile. <laughs> I am. I am. As I'm sitting here in a couple hours, ready to watch uh, Tottenham and Arsenal. Yeah. But. Well, we do have a, we have a football an NFL game there, so are you excited for that? I am excited for that. I think it's a it's a beautiful stadium. I don't know if I'll be up for it. I'll probably be taking my nap. I'll probably catch the the first half of it because I'll still be working. But uh, it is a great yeah. stadium. It's a fantastic stadium. I'm actually really excited that they're going to hold games in Germany later this year too. I think that's even more exciting for me because I would love to. I'd love to go to a game in Germany. Yeah, I'd love to go to an NFL game abroad. I've never done it. That'd be fun. I'm with you. Uh, are you? How you feeling? I'm. I'm feeling fine. I'm just. I'm still shocked over a lot of the. I. I. I I've been pouring through some history when it comes to things like what what happened with Tua Tonga Vailoa there, and like you you mentioned that sometimes the violence and the physical toll that it takes on players kind of gives us pause. But what strikes me about the Tua thing is just how blatantly unnecessary it all was. Like they hid. They allegedly hid a lot of his, you know, the concussion symptoms and wrote it as like a back a back injury. So he would be cleared to come in for the Thursday game. And just I I, I just feel like this is a case where this didn't need to happen in, in, mm-hmm. in any way. Like there was no need for Tua to be out there to begin with. And it's one of those things that kind of screws it all up for everyone else 
when it comes to football. That this is a this is a problem the Dolphins brought upon the entire game of the sport. It's kind of like just there was no reason for him to be out there. There was no reason for any of this to happen. It's put the crosshairs completely back on the NFL because the actions of one team. And, you know, I don't care if how Tua felt or if he thought he was ready to go. The whole point is to make sure this, that players just don't do this to themselves or teams don't force this onto players like this. This is just, it was aggressively stupid what happened. I don't care if Mike McDaniel's out here talking about watching McGruber with him on the, on the flight home. Yeah, just, yeah I, hear, I hear you, buddy. All right, let's do this. Let's quick take a quick time out, and then uh, we'll get it started, and uh, we'll get right to the college slate coming up, kind of give you a little quick preview of what's happening with college football here as uh, the fellas week commence on week four. It is October the 1st. The best, to me, my favorite month of the year, October. We begin it in earnest with the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back, fellas. As we hang out on a Fox football Saturday. All right, Fig, let's do this. Let's get a little trending action and then... uh, I want to start looking at a little kind of quick foray into our uh, college football schedule for today. All right, sounds good. We'll uh, start uh, on the diamond with Major League Baseball. You had a big game with the Braves and the Mets, and the Braves hitting three home runs off of Jacob deGrom, notching a 5-2 to victory. New York and Atlanta now tied atop the National League East with just five games remaining on the slate. Seattle back into the postseason for the first time since 2001. They get a walk-off home run from Cal Raleigh, picking up a 2-1 to victory over Oakland. How about his year? That kid, man. Yeah, spectacular. It's just a spectacular year for Seattle. You're like They had the longest running, I think, North American franchise to yeah, not make the postseason, yeah. and they finally made it. Even though it's a wild card, it's just amazing for those fans up there in Seattle. Yeah, I, I don't get the bug. It's bogus. Very strong bogus. fans up there. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's – I'm glad. Like, the Pacific Northwest is usually, like, Forgotten. interesting. It, it's <laughs> it's always been kind of that outpost. People kind of forgot about that during that Seahawks run. But, man, they're passionate up there for that. They really are. So, uh, so very happy uh, for that fan base. Uh, Tampa Bay used to making it to the playoffs to make it there for the fourth consecutive year. They beat Houston 7-3 to clinch a wild card berth. Houston, by the way, did clinch home field advantage in the AL playoffs after the Yankees lost to Baltimore. Now, because Houston lost, the Dodgers clinch home field advantage throughout the entire postseason. They'll have the best record in all of baseball when it's all said and done. Dodgers beat Colorado 10-1. In the NFL, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones is out for Sunday's game against Green Bay with a high ankle sprain. Chargers receiver Keenan Allen was out against Houston Mm -hmm. as he continues to nurse a hamstring injury. Talking college football, big win for UCLA. They beat number 15 Washington 40-32 on Friday night. Dorian Thompson-Robinson accounting for four total touchdowns. UNLV beating New Mexico 31-20. Tulane beating Houston to improve to 4-1. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas. Don't forget, football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. Tune in today at 9 a.m. Eastern and tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern as we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, all presented by BetMGM. 
as we come to you live from the Fox Football Saturday Live from the TireRack.com studios. Uh, all right, my boys, uh, let's go through it as we uh, – it's a good day in college football. really is. There's some good games. Like, you know what it is? Kind of getting the, to the meat of it now. Yes, there's, there, there is, it, there's interesting matchups today. You know, you, you got, like, a, a lot of a decent games. Early on especially, Michigan at Iowa. That's a test for Michigan. Uh, while I, you know, I, th- I think they should win, and they're a 10-and-a-half-point favorite, that's still a tough game on the road in Iowa. Yeah, against a good defense. I mean, yeah. that offense, you know, has set football back to the 1800s with the way that they <laughs> play. It's the fielding Yost days. <laughs> My God. Oh. Uh, but defensively, they're as good as anybody. So, to your point, Nat, this will be like, I think, the first really true test for this uh, Michigan offense as good as they've looked, how they look in a hostile environment on the road against Iowa. So that that's the kind of the chess match. Yeah, it's almost kind of the opposite of last week where they needed the yeah. the late touchdown to get over Maryland, where we kind of we had talked about last week that that was probably the best offensive team that you know Michigan's going to face until probably Penn State. Now here comes the defensive test for them too. It's just kind of tempering both sides of the ball. But I'm really interested to see how you know there's been so much hype around JJ McCarthy in Michigan as the quarterback there. And this is going to be a really big test for him. It's it's especially in, in Kinnick with that kind of crowd yes. going around. Yeah, it. it's like a great is, crowd. It's always good. Mm. And you know, it's it's a this is going to be a tough game for him, despite what uh Figgy told you how bad that offense is. How about Petrus? Petrus uh here's his numbers, your quarterback for the Hawkeyes. Forty eight out of ninety four completion. Ugh. Mm. 524 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Ooh. You have guys who throw for 524 <laughs> yards in a game. Yeah. And that's what he has through four games? Through four games. Man. You know what's insane is look look at their games. So let, last week they, they beat Rutgers yeah. 27-10. Rutgers stinks, right? Yes, they're yes. terrible. And they win 27-10. The week before they beat Nevada. Nevada's horrible. They beat him 20. They only could score 27. These other – any other real college program will put up, you know, 50 in those two games. Right. They, they make, like Iowa State's got a good defense, but, you know, they lose 10-7, and then they beat South Dakota State 7-3 in the opener. So it, it'll, be, it'll be funny. Uh, it'll be fun. Now, again, I, I think it's a test for them because I think everybody's going to be up for the game, and that defense is legitimate. Iowa's defense is legit. So I'm, I am curious to see – well, how McCarthy kind of reacts on the road in that kind of hostile environment. Yeah, only way Iowa's winning this is there's you know a lot of turnovers or something, a pick six, fumble, some really like short fields. Like the Penn State game, remember last year? Correct. The Penn State yeah. game that happened, the, the field tipped and mm-hmm. all kinds of turnovers and weird things happened. That's now, the only way that I can see them winning. The agreed. Game. I, agreed. I forgive me if I'm wrong. I think this is McCarthy's first road game start as well. Like I yes. don't think he's done a road. He's He's had the first four games were all in Michigan Stadium. So they were. this is going this is going to be new. You're going to have to play under the noise in Kinnick. And like, look, I expect Michigan to get this win out of it. But it's one of those games where absolutely a young sophomore quarterback who's never played a road game before might stumble around a little bit. Yeah, you can't discount that playing on the road against an elite defense. That's absolutely a factor, Chris. And now the uh, another one of the early games, which is unbelievable. Number seven, 
Kentucky Ooh. goes to Ole Miss. Does anybody else think Ole Miss is like inflated at being number fourteen? This is some. Uh, this is some not SEC playing, for not playing anybody. My God, at Troy Central, Central Arkansas, Arkansas really? Georgia Tech, yeah, who they Georgia blanked. Georgia Tech yeah. is awful. They had fired their coach and we're getting ready to get rid of like, their you know, AD. They, they go to Tulsa. I, I got to tell you, I, I, here's what I don't get. Now you got to tell me. Mississippi is a six and a half point favorite, so the line is screaming. Mrs. Ole Miss. I think there's some scouting happening here with the the front of the jerseys and not the back. It's in the Grove. It's Ole Miss. It's Lane Kiffin. But this isn't. This just isn't the squad that he's had in the past. I don't know. I is, forgive me if I'm wrong. I think it's Jackson Dart getting the start. Yeah, it is for this. Jackson Dart the, like, the SC I, transfer. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know yeah, how much I really trust him in this kind of situation. And like, look, we've seen Kentucky and what they've done so far. It, I get it. It's Kentucky. Nobody really trusts Kentucky to be playing football, but how can you not after what they've had so far? They've had their test on the road against Florida, and they beat them, and they've had some tomato cans in between, but Will Levis is absolutely a legitimate NFL prospect quarterback, and I don't see anything on the Ole Miss defense that's really going to stop him. If people are expecting a shootout, I trust Will Levis more than I trust Jackson Dart at the end of the day. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, I, they're a run team. I mean, the thing about Ole Miss is, you know, I mean, they they get you 280 yards on the ground. Well, then Kentucky's getting back, and I his name slips my mind, but they're a leading rusher from last season who ran for like over, you know, 1,300 yards. Cav- Cav- let me see if I can say this right. Cavassier Smoke? Yes. Uh, he was suspended, I think, it's for the first the great, couple of games or something. It's one of the great names in all football. But he's coming back, and he's a hell of a runner, and they've been winning games without him. And now yeah. you're going up against an Ole Miss. Well, Tavion Robinson is pretty nasty. Yeah, that I don't receiver. really think is that great. So I don't really understand. I know. I guess the stat is Kentucky. Uh, Mark Stoops has not won a road game, an SEC East road game in his tenure, yeah. for whatever that means at this point in time. I, what happened three years ago has no bearing on this year, at least as far as I'm concerned with this team. So uh, I would absolutely take Kentucky not only to cover the spread but to win. The fact that Ole Miss is know, a touchdown favorite. Boggles my mind. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I love Kentucky in this game. I just Kentucky think seven for play. a reason. Like, yeah, you know what? Nobody gives. We've been we've been on them a little bit because we like we like them and and we've been on them a little bit. Of oh, course, our man Southside Chuck always uh, keeping us honest with Kentucky football. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I, I got to tell you, I, I I I like that team. I still think that team's good. Yeah. I think they're legitimate. I agree. The defense is good. And here's the other thing. I mean, they only averaged – they only let uh, 100 yards, 108 yards a game on the ground. They're 33rd in the nation against the run. And, you know, the old Miss is the team that's going to run the football. So, I, you know, I look at it. I think the matchup – listen, I know the game, like you said, it's on the road. It's in the Grove. But I, I – I like Kentucky in this yeah. game, I, and I think you're right. I think they wound up winning outright. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's not going to be competitive. I'm not saying they're going to run Ole Miss off the field, but if it were, I'm surprised that I was going into it. If I was making the line, I would have thought that Kentucky would be like a, a, a two and a half point favorite or something like that. Yeah, and and, that's, and, that's, and, that's it. A, and you're right. I, and listen, I thought, all right, you know what, home home field, the whole thing. Yeah. I could see three, like Ole Miss being favored by three, but sure, six I could and see a half. That. Six and a half point favorites. Yeah, that's. I think that's. I think the difference for me is like we were just talking about Michigan and Iowa. How this is 
J.J. McCarthy's first road road game, and he's going to be going into that, you know, into Kinnick with those crazies out there. This isn't Will Levis's first rodeo by any right. stretch of the imagination, and like I get the Grove is a tough place to play, but I still expect him to be calm and composed. Either even under all that that noise, he's probably just got to be ready for it. And I just, I just guess, just looking at them plus the run defense, like you're talking about, I just trust Kentucky more than I trust Ole Miss, who's really not really had these any kind of real tests right now to be going up someone like Kentucky, who's got a great quarterback who had to play in the swamp and beat and beat uh, Florida. It just, I just feel like Kentucky just feels like the more complete team. I, I think I understand from the history why Ole Miss is favorite as a home favorite, but I still like Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. Uh, another one of the early games, early ranked teams, Oklahoma, Trying to bounce back after that loss, bad loss. Can't beat Kansas State, man. And I feel like every time Oklahoma is good or on the verge of like doing something special, it's always Kansas State. It's always K-State. Over the last 15 years, whether Snyder was there, whoever the coach is, it doesn't matter. It's always K-State. It's it's uncanny, isn't it? It really is, man. Wow. They go down at home. That was was a tough one, man. Tough one. I wonder if there's any kind of hangover uh, lingering. Because sometimes – you suffer a loss like that, and you got to go on the road and another tough environment where you're playing at TCU, where they could be in trouble again. Yeah, I don't see it. I would. Th- I think they bounce back this week against TCU. Take a guess what the number is on that on this game. Uh, I'd imagine Oklahoma's favored. I'll say three. Uh, five. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not surprised by that. That's right. Uh, you know, we like to give our yos. Out there, my main man, Anthony Becht, who uh, now head coach Anthony Becht, mm-hmm. and uh, former, of course. Former great Jet well, tight end. Yes, and uh, uh you kidding me? One of, the, one of the great football guys. He's listening to the show right nice. now, dropping the wife off at the airport. So nice. we want to send our love out to uh, our man, uh, Coach Becht. All right. My main man. Nice. You know, him and the Rock are boys because the Rock owns his squad, which you got to love. Yeah. Uh, Ganty's coaching in the XFL, doing a, doing a great job. Great, smart guy, man. He's, I'm looking he's forward to that league awesome. coming back, by the way. It I was unfortunate because yeah. I thought the, the ratings were good. It was getting some good momentum. I was thoroughly enjoying it, and then the COVID-19 hit, and that's what killed the league. Yeah, like that, they're, they're, yeah. they're, not, they're not like the AAF. They didn't get no. destroyed by their own finances. This was a league that was going places and then – Unfortunately, a global pandemic just slapped them. I really wanted to go to a Wildcats game here in L.A. Yeah. It looked yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And someplace for Iowa State. So it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick T.O. We'll come right back. Fellas motoring on a Saturday right here, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, welcome back, fellas. I'm Anthony Gargano. We got our uh, our whole crowd, Figgy and Psycho Chris and Ethan. I think I got to give Ethan a nickname at some point. All right. You know, we always everybody's got one. Throughout the history of the show, we've everybody always had one, right? That's right. 
So he's got to get one too. Got to figure. I got to figure out his personality. Who's a Philly guy like you? You know that. I know. I like. Listen, he reminds me of a little brother right here. Yeah, my man. He's got that. He's got. I the minute he opened his mouth, I went, "Uh oh, uh, yeah." There's exactly. two of us now. <laughs> we uh, in trouble now. All about respect. All about respect, baby. Yeah, it's him, <laughs> brother. That's <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's uh, keep it going. Uh, we're early. We got through three games. Fig. It was a record. Yeah, exactly. That was it. <laughs> let, let, let's keep going throughout the day. Some of the bigger matchups, some of the bigger games that we will keep an eye out on. So uh, the afternoon starts on Fox today. Later today is a good one. It's Baylor and Oklahoma State, which uh, should be should be a lot of fun, man. This is uh this is a good one, man, especially uh with with Baylor and uh Baylor uh you know, it's funny, man. They uh that that team is a good team. I still can't believe they lost to BYU. Right. And we thought BYU was like, "Hey, maybe this team is really, you know, on to something." Yeah. And then they end up getting run run off the field the very next week. I know. I know. I'm shocked by that. I still am, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to that game and then uh, the other early. Uh, there's a couple of uh, great afternoon games, Arkansas and Alabama. Alabama 17 point favorite. Let's see now. Arkansas, uh, we've been you know KJ Jefferson's playing really good football. F- yeah, f- he had a couple of blunders, namely that fumble at the goal yeah. line last week that really cost him. That's know, really what kind of took a little luster out of this game. It would have been two undefeated, and who knows where I Arkansas know. would be ranked had they won that game against A&M last week. Uh, but know. still intriguing. But, but he is a playmaker, he though. Is. I, you know, he really is. He's a playmaker. I don't know. I mean, Alabama looks so – it, 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 is, it is funny because, you know, we joke all the time about the Alabama's dominance. Yeah. But they – you know, you had the weird Texas game. Mm-hmm. And then they come back against two patsies and blow them out. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, it's it's been – it's such an odd team because we see, all right, 55 nothing Utah State, 63-7 UL, UL Monroe, 55-3 Vandy. And then the Alabama – the Texas game, they should have lost. Right. So I'm, I'm still – I still don't know who they are. Does that make any sense? Oh, it makes total sense. And I, look, I'd say the, the recipe that Texas had – is they they didn't blitz a lot, but they put a lot of pressure on Bryce Young, and that's you know that that's kind of what the that the thought is for Alabama, at least for some uh, who follow them closely, is the offensive line might not be as good as it has been right. in the past, and this and the skill position players at receiver are, are also not as explosive as they have been in the yeah. past. So I will say one of the things that works in Arkansas's favor, I don't know if they're tops in the nation, but they're definitely in the top three in sacks. So like they're defensively, they they do get after the quarterback. So uh, I'd say whatever the weakness of Alabama or perceived weakness for Alabama is the strength of Arkansas. So at least you have that to hang your hat on. Now who's to say Alabama doesn't run them off the field too? And Alabama doesn't, as we know, a lot of times the first month of the season, you know, a team evolves and gets better as the year goes on. I kind of feel that way about Florida State. That that team that we saw that you know eked out that miraculous win against LSU is so much better already. And continue yes. to get better. Who's to say Alabama yeah. doesn't find themselves at some point and then hit their stride within the next couple of weeks? You know, learning, winning games while also learning, uh, yes. learning lessons. 
they they seem to do that every year too, where we will get some hiccups early on with Alabama, and like the the real hiccups seem to come like almost a week prior, but when like Nick Saban's pounding his desk, mad about something, giving a good audio bite to the press while like you know trying not to knock up, knock down his bottle of Coca Cola. Like that's usually yeah. when I get worried about Alabama. It just seems like every year though, the, yeah, as you say, like they grow over the year, and it's just a matter of is this. And I think the only question that remains for Alabama is when they do have these growing spurts, is it enough to overcome whoever's in front of them? And I just don't think I don't think Arkansas is that stumbling block for them. And by the way, point. even if they were to lose a game this year, I mean, does anybody believe they're not going to make the playoff? No, you they know? they almost they almost get to have a loss baked in right. at some point. If anything, if Arkansas wins over this game, Arkansas will suddenly just leap into the conversation. Yeah. It'll be a little more dire for Alabama because now that's an SEC West loss, though. Correct. That is a divisional loss, and that will hang tough on them, and it does give Arkansas the inside track to make it to Atlanta. Yeah, I, uh, I keep, I'm keep i looking at Alabama's schedule, and I'm trying to find, you know, where does that come? Does that come today on the road in Arkansas? Uh, to your point, I get your, get your thing. That you say that, that Razorbacks aren't a team that could that could jump up and bite them. They could. I, I, I just I, didn't see. I just didn't see Nick Saban losing his mind at the press. So I guess I'm not worried. Usually, when Nick Saban's ornery with the press, that usually means like, okay, that's a tell. Yeah, that, that is a bit of a tell. That's a tell. I agree with that. You know, they they they're at Tennessee in a couple of weeks. If they're playing Tennessee this week, I'd be more concerned. And it's not that I don't. It's not no, like no, I don't I like Arkansas, saying. but you understand what no, I mean. That's a good point. Yeah, I feel no, like you know, if Tennessee were to see them earlier in the year, I think that will be a team that uh, Alabama would struggle against. But having a you know two two games under their belt against Arkansas and Texas A and M, who I don't really like to be honest with you, and they've gotten a couple of wins these last couple of weeks. I think is smoke and mirrors. I think they're yeah. talented, but I just don't think they're that good. If Agreed. that makes if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so I really don't I don't trust them that much. But they'll be te- their their legit SEC test against really talented rosters going into I think going into the season everybody thought they roll over Texas so that's kind of like okay that's a little bit of a surprise and they should have lost that game they really should have you know yeah, if, if not for a spectacular healthy, yeah if not for yeah. a spectacular play by Bryce Young getting out of that sack uh-huh. you know that game is over it's done it's amazing and that's why I'm I'm I go into this game with just a little pause you make a great point about Tennessee fig. That if uh, they're playing the Vols this week at in Neyland, uh, I are at Neyland, I would agree. I think I would be like, "Wow, what's the big eye emojis?" Right, right. like the big eyes, like, "Oh, is this is this it?" But you're right. They're pr- Arkansas is probably a tick below the I could jump up and bite you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, like you said, next week they're hosting A and M. They'll win that game, and then that sets the stage for October 15th uh, at Tennessee. And then after that, they got Mississippi State. Then they're at LSU. I just don't think LSU is ready. Not, not this year. I not think LSU year. will get better as the year goes on because I, you know, I, yes, I like what I Brian agree. Kelly's doing. But this from yeah. a from this year, they're not going to yeah. be that good. They'll get no. better as the year goes on. But yeah. I'd be surprised if they won more than seven games this year. Yeah. And then you, had, you got Ole Miss in uh, November – and then uh, your cupcake before you cupcake, play Auburn, Austin P and Auburn, Auburn State. Brian Harson might not even be there by November twenty sixth. What happened to that program? 
I mean, that program has been kind of flitting about with this for a minute, too. Like, they've just, they've looked more rickety by the year, and they've just been kind of shedding what talent they've had, and just the coaching, just, I I didn't think that going after that, the life after Gus Malzahn would be this shaky, and yet it has been. Just whatever, they, they've been unable to adapt new offensive system after Gus's really weird systems that he had, and which at times worked. Well, it at times worked. It, yeah. it it is was absolutely at times a killer of big teams like Alabama, and it would it would sometimes come together and do insane things. A lot of other times it just would not, and they just between that and losing guys like Bo Nix to transfers, like they've just they've got nothing left, man. This is a this is a hard reset time for for Auburn. They need to figure out what their future is going to be. Yeah. Uh, Fig, do me a favor. Hit me with some trending, and I want to. I want to pose you guys a matchup question. All right. Well, uh, start with Major League Baseball. You got the Braves hitting three home runs off of Jacob Degrom on Friday night, picking up a five to two victory over the Mets. New York and Atlanta now tied atop the National League East standings with five games remaining on the schedule. Seattle getting a walk off home run from Cal Rally, picking up a two to one victory over Oakland. And more importantly, clinching their first playoff berth in 21 years. Elsewhere, Tampa Bay hammering Houston 7-3, clinching their fourth straight playoff appearance. The Houston loss means the Dodgers clinch home for the advantage throughout the playoffs. L.A. did curb stomp Colorado 10-1. In college football, UCLA defeating number 15 Washington 40-32. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, three touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown for the Bruins. Boise State, UNLV, and Tulane with victories. Injury news out of the NFL. Bears running back Jordan Montgomery will miss the game against the Giants with knee and ankle injuries. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones out for Sunday's game against Green Bay with a high ankle sprain. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas hanging out. We're uh, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. So let me ask you guys, if I give you the matchup and it's neutral field and it's Georgia-Alabama, what's the line? So if you say it's a true line, there's no home field advantage, so you don't build that into the line, what, 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 how prohibitive of favorite would you make Georgia? Would I make Georgia, or what do I think the kind of favorite Georgia would be? Because those are two different questions. All right, well, what do you make Georgia? Yeah, I would probably you're have, the line. You're the line maker. I would probably have Georgia as a six-point favorite. I think Vegas would make Georgia like a two-and-a-half or three-point favorite. I, I, I think that's a great read by you. I agree with you. I'd and probably. I think they would be a – I was thinking seven. I would I – would, do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I think George is a seven-point favorite, so yeah. you and I are in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. How about you, Fig? Uh, Chris? I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere in between, because like, on one hand... I think these two teams are matched up so well, and obviously, like, I think Bryce Young is the quarterback I, I kind of favor. I know Stetson Bennett's been off to a hot start, but I, I guess I'm leaning towards, 
You know what? I'd go a little bit above a touchdown. I go like seven and a half, just to make the better. Oh, swim. I'm oh wow! Expecting okay. you're going. Yeah, I, I, I was. You, I, I was flitting between either three and a half or seven and a half. It's just it's hard in college football, right? You can't really handicap it like an NFL seven, game. What do you thought? What do you what? mean? That's a wide. That's a wide margin. No, for I an know. NFL game, but like college football games, the scores just spread like flip so quickly that it's just I don't know. The way you were talking, I thought you were going to make like four or something. Like yeah, yeah maybe, somewhere maybe like a five. I I don't know. I've changed my mind about like five times. I know while thinking you're, about you're, this. You're, you're taking this for this ride. I, yeah. I, I just I, I just know I just know I have Georgia as the favorite. That's all I yeah. know in my head. It, you point. know, I think Alabama because they're Alabama and they've had this run of success. I think from the odds maker standpoint, get a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, which is why I don't think they would make them a touchdown dog. So I think because they're Alabama and because of their run of success, and look, they still have Bryce Young. Yeah. I think that's why they would make it, you know, a two and a half to three three point line. But just you know, eyeball test as of now, and considering how last year ended, uh, I would I would make Georgia, you know, close to a touchdown favorite, and I'd probably sit it around six. All right, now let's play this further. Ohio State, Alabama. Who's the favorite? Alabama. Yeah, you say that pretty. Uh, I pretty, I think there is a blueprint to be sure. There yeah. is a blueprint like out there nice. to like slow down and stop Ohio State. It's all a matter of who can execute it. And when I look at Alabama, I see defensive pieces like Will Anderson, and I think, yeah, yeah they can slow down Alabama. I mean, they can slow down Ohio, Ohio State. State. Also, fi- oh, I'm on, sorry. Go ahead, Fig. I was going to say, I think Ohio State's another one of those teams. Like you go back to the Notre Dame victory, and the offense didn't look that great, but they've been trending upward. Now, granted, they haven't played yes. anybody, but they're yes. one of those teams that now look. We said this about Ohio State a couple of years ago. Yes, they went to the national title game, and Devontae Smith ran him off the field, but damn near by himself. <laughs> so right, 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 and they're right. playing amazing. So there's as great as Ohio State is, I still think there there is a little bit of a talent gap, although. Going back to the conversation we just had about Alabama, maybe not having the talent at the key positions like they have in the uh-huh, past, uh-huh. I think the gap has closed a bit. So if we're going back to the line that I would set versus the line that would be placed, I think the line that I would set is like Alabama by one and a half or two. Wow, my man. I, Vegas, I, said, I think, would have I Alabama said, be like a three-point favorite. Yeah, I'd agree. say two and yes. a half from Vegas or something like I, that. I agree. I would say, you know, it's funny. The number in my mind that would be my line would be a pick. Pick them. I thought about pick them actually. I did thought about. A, I did. I briefly thought about. So you pick see em. the way I see it with the with those teams because you go, yeah, they're lacking explosiveness. They're mm-hmm. lacking like what we've seen from Alabama over the last decade, where they always got somebody that's just a, that changes the game. Right? They've had right. all those Jameson wide receivers. Williams, just, right? Yeah. Exactly. No, you, you're right. Yeah. And then you throw one of those ridiculous backs in there, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know that they got that. And they could be a little vulnerable. Because what the Texas game freaked me a little bit. Because they moved the ball. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, all right, well, what would Ohio State do? If Texas moves the ball like that against them, Especially through the air. Not that Hudson Card lit it on fire, but he did pretty damn well for a quarterback that you know, wasn't prepared to play in that game. Sure. Quinn Ewers got hurt. And he sure. held off. He did pretty damn well coming off the bench against exactly. that team. Exactly. That's why I I I'm fascinated. 
And it, and it really is interesting because that's why that game fascinates me. You know, yeah, it was 2019, but the fact is that they were able to move the ball, which was which was a little bit more surprising. Mm-hmm. And they missed a, a field things. goal in there. There were some yes. mishaps. I mean, Texas could have. They couldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say they would have won handily, but you know, they. they, they Twenty. They, here it is. Twenty-five first downs. Wow. Texas had in that game. Three hundred and seventy-one yards. I would not have guessed that. Two hundred and ninety-two passing yards. Now, would you have seen that? Like, because I wouldn't have. No, absolutely not. And that's what gives me that. I don't know. I that's why you and I saw it the same way with a pick against Ohio State and Georgia seven. Like that's a, you know, six seven is a healthy number. Now the thing is, let's have this conversation four weeks from now. Yep. And see what our uh, see what our thoughts are. Yes. Because going back to teams evolving and getting better as the season goes on, who knows what Alabama's going to look like? And at that point in time, they I, could have wins under their belt at Tennessee, at Arkansas, and against te- a good Texas A&M defense. Yeah, and that and can, they flip, can come together. And that yeah. can flip everything on its head. I so agree. We, so we will I'm, see. I'm with you. Fellas hanging on a Fox football Saturday. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. All right, welcome back, fellas. Hang it out. That's right. We uh, are broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. And let's not forget Tyrac.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So welcome back as we uh, hang out. We got. Uh, I want to get into some our uh, weekly NFL breakdown. That we're kind of dive into some of the each of the teams and some of our uh, kind of power rankings. What what the impact? How kind of teams take place as uh, we reached week four? We've reached October. It is October 1st, uh, so I hope everybody's having a good morning and uh, we're going to dive into it. But I, I asked the guys just a question. I'm just curious about two dark horses. Are there? A, do you have two dark horses that could possibly touch the the big three? There is a, there's a big three in college football. It's obviously Georgia, who clearly is the best team in the country. And then you'd say Alabama, Ohio State, as your two, three, and and they're kind of even. 
But really, after that, it, there's a chasm. There, there's those big three, and then there's everybody else. Would you, would you give any other dark horse standing out there? Fig, do you got two teams that you go, all right, these are going to be my dark horses for the rest of the season, and they're the ones who have the outside chance? Of defeating those teams, no, to be honest with you. Well, right. Being I mean, able I, to make a playoff run yeah. or make it in. Yeah, I can maybe pre- make a run. I mean, that that's that's why they're dark horses. Yeah. Right? Um. So two teams that I look at are SC and Tennessee. SC being USC. Yeah. But their drawbacks are, are are sort of similar. First of all, the drawbacks for USC are the same drawbacks that Lincoln Riley teams have had since he's been a head coach. Uh, they get out physical when they they really have to face like real physical teams up front. I know. And not you know, know. with all due respect, you know, softer teams in the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve. Who, uh, they'll, they, who they annihilate? Yeah, usually. And by the way, USC had a, had a hell of a you know game against Oregon State last week. I think you'd be encouraged that USC played as well defensively as they did last week against Oregon State, uh-huh. uh, considering they've been giving yeah. up a lot of yards, uh, but they've been forcing a lot of turnovers, which is also a dangerous way to live. And then for Tennessee, I think they can score a lot of points. I don't know if they can stop elite offenses or really good offenses. So I don't know if they'd be able to stop all, even Ohio State out of the Big Ten, let alone Alabama and Georgia. So I agree. I think their my offense. I, I I I'm with you. I think their offense is legitimate, but I wonder too. I look at them and I go, hmm. you know how how can they stop anybody? Yeah, of note, Tennessee right. can stop a lot of teams. I just don't know if they can stop a Georgia, or Ohio State with that explosive just offense. Get off the field. I hear you. You know. And like, yeah, I look at Kentucky, who I like. I don't know if I like I enough offensively. I was going to ask you about them. I mean, I was going to ask you about Michigan. I was going to ask you about Kentucky, and I was going to ask you about Penn State. The problem with Michigan is, and as good as McCarthy has been, can he drop back if he had to forty-five times and beat you, knowing that if you're facing a team like Georgia and Alabama, you're probably not going to be running the ball at the rate that you're running the ball now. Better than Mac. <laughs> well. Uh, I just uh, I don't know. If, yes, he will be better than McNamara. Yes, but we, would he be at the level of a Trevor no. Lawrence or one of the no. a, a guy no. like that who has beaten the likes right. of an Alabama? I don't right. think. So. And maybe he'll get there. Right. But right now, no. Yeah. I love Blake Corm. He's doing. He's. I think he might be leading the college football in rushing, yeah. or at least close to it. Uh, but I just I can't and see. That, and the, and, the, and the, that line is le- that line's legit. Line. Yeah. But Their again, line is it's. Legit. Is it is it like national title push Alabama off the blocks, push Georgia off the blocks legit? Right. Because right. we've seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. So, I worry about more of the speed on defense. There's that aspect of it too. Yeah, I didn't even get to that side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. There's that too. Even if I mean Georgia's on another level. If I'm if I'm just talking about Alabama and talking right. about their, you know, lack of skill position players and all that, even with their quote unquote lack of skill position players. Are they still good enough to probably move the ball against uh, yeah. against Michigan, even though Michigan is a very good defense? Mm-hmm. So those would be my questions. And so there's really no one else. And it, like Kentucky, I don't know if they're good enough offensively. You know, I think they can they can sort of hang in Will there. Will the thrill. He's good. He's very good. Very, very good. But on the biggest stage against the vet, the best of the yeah. very best, I give is him he dark elite? horse status. Is I, he elite I, enough? I would agree, though. I don't, I don't know, but I give him dark horse status. Okay. I and I can respect that. They they were, yeah. along with Tennessee and USC, Kentucky was kind of on the, on the fringe there for me. 
I think I have one more in here. Who you got, Chris? And I know that this is kind of coming out of nowhere, but I look at what they did last year, and they've got a really big game today that we haven't even touched on. But um, Who's that? I really like Oklahoma State as a dark horse. Like, they are veteran-loaded from their quarterback. Like their, their defensive line is still incredibly good. They haven't graduated all of their guys from that defensive line. Last year, I think in the F-plus metric, their defense ranked fourth in the country. Uh-huh. Like, they, they are still very quietly doing incredible things over in Stillwater. And Mike Gundy's got this team with a lot of, like, upperclassmen leadership to it, so... Yeah, I mean, they got Sanders. That's a good point. They haven't they haven't really been tested yet. This game against Baylor here today at I think three thirty p.m. Eastern on Fox. Like they'll be playing in Waco, but I think that game, like right now, I think they're like what seventh in the in the AP poll. uh, I mean, ninth in the AP ninth in the AP poll, seventh in the coaches. I I think if they start hanging some heads in the big in the Big Twelve. If if they take down Baylor, I don't really know who really stops them until Bedlam in the yeah. Big Twelve. And we talk about dark horse when you've got that kind of veteran leadership, guys who have seen the field for multiple years here in college football. That that matters, and that would help them in any kind of fight with one of those big three. Yeah, they've really kind of reinvented themselves over the last few years from a you know drop back shotgun, throw the ball all over the place, get into a bunch of shootouts. They really stiffened up defensively last season, you know, and turned themselves into like a defense, run the ball, be more. Isn't it amazing that what the Big 12 did? It really, yeah, as a conference, Ant, you're right. Right? Almost top to bottom. Uh, and almost overnight. Yes. Yes. Almost overnight it's happened. Well, I, I always thought that like, oh, Big 12 doesn't play defense thing was always a little bit overblown to begin with, but it's not not to this degree that they've completely turned it around. Well, you sure. look at, I, I mean, for years, I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State was, you know, routinely. That was like a 100-point game in the every high year. 40s. Yeah. Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma versus Texas was high scoring for a long period of time. Baylor, you know, would open it up and score a lot of points. I feel like Baylor really was the, the first bastion of we're going to ugly that this thing up. That was with Matt. And it was Rule. with Matt Rule. Yeah. Yeah, when Rule came in and, and said, I'm going to, Matt's like, listen, we're going to play defense. Yeah, it was a 180 hard. from the arc Miles you know, years, yeah. It yeah. was, because the only teams that played that way were teams that had to because they didn't have a lot of t- – like Iowa State was yes. kind of always built to play that way. Yes. Kansas State yes. was always built to play that way because they knew they couldn't keep up. So they said the only way that we can compete is trying to ugly the game up and slow it down. And now it's just been a complete revolution. And, just, but to your point, which is wild, is that it went from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean – that's insane. Top to bottom, you know, the whole conference like makeover. That's a good call by you, Chris. I, I'm you just know. looking at the rest of their schedule too. Like they they've got some gnarly road tests, but you get to have Texas in Stillwater. You got to play on the road at Kansas State, Kansas at Oklahoma. You finish the year with West Virginia. I just I, I I like their road that they have ahead if they can get over Baylor. I I think this will be their first real oh. test with Baylor, but. I just look at what they've got, the guys they, they've been there for multiple years, and, you know, I just, if I'm putting them on the field against one of these teams like Ohio State, I think they can hang tough with them. It remains yeah. to be seen. I need to actually see them. That's why this yes. weekend's game is so important, Chris, because they've played nothing but cupcakes these first couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think before the season we'd have said Arizona State is a cupcake, but well, looking back on it, this is now a cupcake, yeah. yes. And by the way, since we're on the topic of the Big 12, uh, anybody uh, here think that Kansas is for real? And by for real, I mean like a legit, 
they can make maybe make some noise in the Big it's, Twelve and be in the actual race. You know, no, two weeks from good. now, a month it, from now. It's a feel good story, and I just don't think Kansas is there yet, though. Yeah, I kind of I'm kind of with points, Psycho. but they haven't played anybody either. So I'll yeah. give you that. I, I'm I'm kind of with I kind of lean Psycho way there. Like well, I I would love to see Kansas do well. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think they're just well. I, there yet we'll see you know i i think it would they, be a great they can, story they can beat iowa state we'll possibly tcu on the road at oklahoma will be a big one if they can be you know somehow what six or they'd be five and oh at that point wow. six and oh at that point that? if they're beating oklahoma on the road they should be ranked like immediately after they should that. be if they beat iowa state this weekend they, they they'll be, be ranked. ranked they'll be ranked yeah. this weekend they, if they will beat be, iowa yeah. state that that's yeah. going to i i'm not going to be used to that that Kansas is is ranked well, and, in football, and, that, and that's part of that's it. Though. A great story. I think though, part of the is. reason why they're being I don't know if disrespected may be too strong of a term. It's still early in the season, but not yeah. getting love is because they're thought of as a basketball school. And well, it's not even that. Just look at the history of Kansas, even before Les I mean, Miles got the wor- there. Right, some of the up. worst, one of the worst ever. Yes, embarrassing. Remember how many games? How many? What was the streak? Well, they had like they one win season. Yeah. yeah, like 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 everything bad we say about UConn football, Kansas did it, and they did it worse. Like. That 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 is a program with a legacy of misery and failure, and suddenly they are four and zero to start this year with wins over Houston and Duke and and West Virginia. Duke like, was also yeah, West Virginia, was, like right. Duke was three and zero by the way going into that game. I gotta I gotta I gotta see this too. Uh, I'm looking at their record year by year. Look at this, Jay. It's really bad, man. They it's had, really bad. They had one like magical year with Matt, Mark Mangino, uh, yes. where I think they went twelve and one or something. Had they not, I think they lost like the second to last game of the regular season. Had they 2007, not, two thousand seven, they got could it. have made it to the BCS championship game that Dude, year. You're right on. In two thousand, how bizarre is this, right? Which, by so the just, way, we have to remember, two thousand seven is now fifteen years ago too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. So if you just take it from uh, Mangino takes over in 2 2 and ten, six and seven, four and seven, seven and five, six and six, twelve and one. High water mark. Yep. Right. I mean that was amazing. I know that offense was spectacular. I remember that. And then they're that. eight and five, still good, mm-hmm. right? Then they slip to five and seven, and, and then, then the they fire him. Yep. Yep. I mean, why? Why would you fire him? And then, turn, then here you go. Turner Gill. Turner right? Gill, yep. disaster. Three and nine, two and ten. And then a bigger disaster. How about that, Charlie Weiss? Oh, Ooh. man. One and 11, three and nine, three and nine. In comes David Beatty, 0 and 12, two and 10, one and 11, three and nine. And then Les goes three and nine, zero oh and nine, two and ten, and now a lusty four and zero oh with Lance Leopold, baby. Who many people feel won't even be there, <laughs> you know. In the next couple of years, like as soon as if he has a modicum of success with Kansas, yes, you know, yeah, if you can turn Kansas around, is everyone is going to pay you. That is a universal rule. If you can turn Kansas around, people <laughs> are going to pay you. You're right. You're right. They should. That's pretty wild. But as, to your point uh, earlier, just I know I brought up Kansas. It's a cool yeah. story to see. It is a great story. You know, uh, to see a, a program like this that has yeah. been downtrodden for ever. Yeah. Uh, having some yeah. success at least early in the season. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You give that, you guys give Penn State any. Uh, 
I just think the road for Penn State and the Big Ten, like they would have to hang some major head. They'd probably have to hang a major head in in regards to one of those big three that we're talking about to to be one of these dark horses. So I I guess my thing is we'll see. I just it's funny. I've seen can I've seen excuse me um, Penn State play more than a few times this year, and yet I just still don't know how to feel about them in if they when they start playing. You know the Michigan, the Michigans, and the Ohio States of, I think of that. You can hang with Michigan. I'm. Not, I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I feel you on uh, on what what would happen with Ohio State. I mean, that's well. Again, the big order. the big thing for Penn State is they have to play in in Michigan Stadium this year. Like that's yeah. that's a that's a rough test. Uh, all right, let's take a quick to, and we'll turn our attention and focus to the NFL and take a look at some of the issues and kind of where the big one, where the where is our power rankings as far as where is the balance of power early? Are we heading toward the quarter pole, even though it's not a true quarter pole, but this is week four. So let's kind of look at where we're at almost as we enter the quarter pole. Where the fellas, we got Psycho Chris, we got Figgy, I'm Cuz, we Ethan producing. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. All right, welcome back, fellas. On a Fox football Saturday. All right, let's uh, let's turn our attention to the NFL. It is week four, heading into it. First game, of course, we talked a lot about uh, Miami and the state of Tua and what happened in uh, in Cincinnati Thursday night after the game against Buffalo. Uh, let's look about it on the field. The Bengals are able to win the game. I, I don't know. I mean, they get to two, they get back to two and two and kind of save the season. I'm still kind of not sure who Cincinnati is, and I still worry about that front and protecting. You know, Burrow. I, obviously, we know they have great, great skill people, but I still worry about them up front and whether or not. They're going to be able to overcome the protection issues. Well, I think that's the character right there. They're going to be a good team against teams that do not pressure them that much up front and against other teams that have a really good pass rusher, another team that just brings the house and really gets past that offensive line. They're going to struggle with because they can't establish anything at the line of scrimmage. And in those cases, they're just going to have to really hope the ball gets out quick from Joe Burrow's hands before he is he's hit. And yeah. hopefully the only thing the Bengals really need to worry about at this point is 
can Joe Burrow keep taking all these hits this season and still stay healthy? Yeah, I know oh, he was man. only sacked one time, but still running for his life a bit. The big thing for them yeah. is they got to get Mixon running the ball effectively. Yes. But how do you do that with that with that line? Yeah, that line yeah. can't even 40, set up run protection. Well, look, they can't. I, I, look, I understand. Carry sixty-one yards to your point, Fig. I get it. I, I know they haven't been able to make it work, but that's the best way to protect them is to at least have people think you might be able to run be able to run the ball effectively. Yeah. And yeah. to keep it honest, I mean, how many times did they run Mixon into behind the guard and he got stuffed backwards at the goal oh. line? They could have won that game going away, to be I honest. I know. Yeah. And they just couldn't get movement when they needed to. I'm encouraged, at least, if I'm a Bengal fan, that the defense seems to have turned it around a little bit the last couple of weeks because that's really as good as the offense was. I mean, how many 17 to 10? Like, they were winning a lot of low-scoring games in the playoffs last year. It was their defense and their kicker that they rode. You know, Trey Hendrickson has woken up a little bit, so – if they can get their defense to turn it around, that at least gives them an opportunity to stay in more games, and then Burrow can kind of work his magic when he needs to to be able to make plays. So, you know, they, they were not able to move the ball very effectively their first couple of games. These last couple of games, they've been better at, uh, at getting stops and getting pressure on the quarterback, uh, them being the Bengals' defense. So if that's an encouraging sign at the very least. All right, let, let's let's tackle the rest of this. Uh, of the, let's look at AFC and kind of look at some of the powers that be in the AFC. So uh, we'll begin with the top, and and that would be, of course, Buffalo. And and you guys, look, they should have won the Miami game. Let's face it, they out yardage them. It, it's searing heat down yeah. in Miami. There's no way. There's still to me. It's funny how one loss, all of a sudden, like in these power rankings and stuff like that, that you see, yeah. all of a sudden, like, oh, well, the, the Bills aren't, I guess the Bills aren't the big juggernaut. Yes, they are. That's why I don't pay attention to stuff like that. It's ridiculous. If you watch, first of all, if you just looked at the box score and didn't look at the final score, you say, well, Buffalo won by three touchdowns. Right, 497 yards compared to 212 yards by Miami. Are you right. kidding me? And just some mishaps at the end of the half and then at the end of the game right. are points given away right there. You know, exactly. just some uncharacteristic, uh, you know, bad clock management and bad plays by Josh Allen is really what ended up costing them. Well, I think I think the more pressing in thing for the Bills is just the level of injuries they've sustained three three weeks into the into the season now. It seems like they're trending – in the right direction, but for that game, like they they were missing, like I think it's oh, been well documented. Yeah, yeah, or even offensively, they have, yeah, yeah. I think I think they've had several of their uh, offensive linemen kind of show up in the injury reports they here have. too. And Dawson Knox is, I think he's questionable going into this game here against yeah. the Ravens. So uh, Gabe Davis, I think, is uh, I don't know if he's doubtful or he's questionable. Que- questionable. But he hasn't, I don't even he practiced most, play. He hasn't practiced a lot of the week. Yeah, yeah. he hasn't. Yeah, so I mean, like Boyer that's, has been hurt. Ed Oliver has been hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I think Christian Benford's out for this week too. Like this, this that's going to be the more pressing issue for the Bills, and it's a, I mean it's a it's a worry that everyone shares right now. There's definitely some teams who are hurting more than anything, but you know it's it's a test of their depth, and I think that's I think that's the key to these power rankings more than any kind of knee jerk reaction to the Dolphins. Yeah, but it's funny, isn't it? You know? Oh no, I mean, it, it's it's totally funny. Right, like how all of a sudden it's like. Oh my God, the Bills! I thought the Bills were the, yeah. and they're not. Isn't it? So, I would uh, go on, Chris. These, proc- these proclamations. Are I, yeah, I just, crazy. I, I think, I think people should have learned better by now in regards to expectations that we expect NFL teams to run the table. 
Right. Like this this idea that the Bills were just going to house everyone on their schedule. The fact that going into Thursday was the fewest number of 3-0 and teams we've seen since the 1970s, which coincidentally were the Dolphins during their, you know, perfect season. But that this the NFL has legislated the parity so widely that even a aggressively dominant team like the Bills, they're just going to lose games, man. They're just going to lose games. I do find it funny that it's all about the heat down in Miami when guys bray about playing in the cold. But, like, <laughs> I will say it, the shoe's it, on the other foot. There is a thing to teams having to play road games in Miami early in the season. Like, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but, like, the win percentage in home games in September for Miami oh, yeah. is, it's like, like, spectacular. It's like, in, it's like playing in Denver. It is. It's spectacular. Yeah, because you wilt. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. You're talking about heat that they, because the rest of the country cools off, right, in a big way. And it's still in the 90s and humid in, in Miami. And, you know, all of a sudden, second half, and, you know, especially now with training camp the way it is, mm-hmm. so you start to wilt in the second half. Well, then conversely for Miami when it gets to November, December, and then they have to go to New England and go to Buffalo, they they start to wear it a little bit. Yeah, I just I just find it funny that 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 latter part is what is very well celebrated by NFL fans. But then I right. saw Bills fans basically not quite saying that the, the Dolphins are cheating by having a humid stadium, but you know they're they're <laughs> they they're definitely the blaming the heat. <laughs> I will I will be more concerned about Buffalo if Miami put up those offensive numbers that Buffalo put up and destroyed them and ran them off the field. If Miami would have beaten Buffalo the way that Miami defeated Baltimore, I would be concerned. But that just seemed like a game that Buffalo, for whatever reason, wasn't in sync. It got away from them. It sucks that it's a divisional game, but I wouldn't be overly concerned by that loss. Losses, to Chris's point, 9.9 times out of 10 are going to happen to every NFL team in a season. There are so few teams anymore that just go 12-0. and Right. Like when the Steelers did that, was it last year or the year prior? Like it felt like a mirage watching yes. the Steelers do that because we saw the Steelers do that. And it's like they, they should have lost this game, this game, and the other thing. And it just it became clear it wasn't 12 and 0 because of skill. It's just because they got lucky. That's not saying they were a bad team, but like the NFL by its nature abhors perfect teams. It, it just, it losses are baked in no matter who you are just because of how these games go down to the wire every time. Yes. Yeah, it's it's it is wild, man. It really is. That's why it's the greatest theater ever. Uh Fig, do me a favor, hit us with some trending and then we'll move on. All right. Well we'll start with uh, Major League Baseball because we're headed down the home stretch. About a week's worth of games left. Still a little bit to be decided, namely the National League East. Uh, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Dansby Swanson all going deep on Jake DeGrom on Friday night. Braves defeating the Mets five to two. The two teams sport identical 98 and 59 records with five games remaining. Seattle defeated Oakland 2-1, clinching a wild card berth, their first playoff appearance since 2001. Their victory eliminated Baltimore from playoff contention. Tampa Bay hammered Houston 7-3, clinching a playoff berth. Houston did clinch the best record in the American League after the Yankees lost to Baltimore. Dodgers defeated Colorado 10-1. They clinched home field advantage throughout the postseason. In college football, UCLA picked off Michael Penix Jr. twice, while Zach Charbonnet rushed for 124 yards and a touchdown as the Bruins defeated number 15 Washington 40-32. Tulane improved to 4-1 with a 27-24 win at Houston. Wins for UTSA and Boise State as well. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas as we hang out. Sheesh. How about it, man? 
Another NFL fun week four. I, I, I'm such a, a weirdo because the first thing I think about is, oh, no, we're already in October. No. So it's going by too fast, Fig. It flies by. It always does. I know. It takes forever to get here and uh, takes no time to go. I know. I'm thinking October, all of a sudden, like, you know, I love it because basketball and hockey start. You go, all right, you got baseball, World Series. But you're like, wait a second, just slow it down just a little bit if you don't mind. Just a little you bit. You just have to savor the moment, you know? Yes, buddy. You're right. You're right on. <laughs> day by day. That's it. That's it. All right. Let's keep going. Uh and take a look at the, uh, at the rest of the the bounce So Kansas City now after and you know listen, I just thought that was a tough spot for Kansas City last week against Indianapolis. It was one of those. I and, and you, if you when you follow the league and like like we do, you see these games, right? Because I, I liked Kansas City. I told you I, I liked uh, Indianapolis last week. I just thought it was a tough spot for the Chiefs and you know Colts. Weren't that bad, you know that they Ryan was getting Pittman back. They were going to play for their, you know, their season, and so they win. Now, it's a great game Sunday night, Kansas City and Tampa. Mahomes, Brady again, mm-hmm. and my boy Spags gets Brady with a little bit of a suspect line. I think a little I, bit is generous, right? And I and can suspect only... targets to throw to too. By the way. Yeah, although he's going to get Evans back, thankfully, so that that's a big deal. But I, I, you know, I know what Spags is going to do, man, and Brady knows what Spags is going to do. It's just a matter of how it comes at him, right? How the avalanche of pressure hits him. What do you think, Vic, in this game? Well, I mean, I feel like we might see a reversal of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago when Pat Mahomes was running for his life. The only problem is. Tom Brady can't move, so that could be a problem for him. It could be a real, yes. a real big <laughs> issue for him. Now the Bucks' defense is very good, and the Kansas City offense, though they're still scoring points, they're doing it a little bit differently, which is, I guess, natural and to be expected when you don't have a game breaker like Tyreek Hill. They're kind of—I wouldn't say they're dinking and dunking their way. They have their big plays here and there, but it just looks different. But they're still finding a way to score points. So the real matchup, the real battle is going to be what that Bucks offense can do against the Chiefs defense because I think on the other side, we pretty much we pretty much know uh, that's uh, that's that's going to be a tough matchup. So I'm actually looking forward to it. I think on paper people are thinking that Kansas City is going to run them off the field, but I think it actually might be more competitive than people believe. Do you think you think so? Because I was funny. I was talking to people and they were all over Kansas City. Tampa. Oh really? Yes. Yeah, Interesting. Well, yeah. The, the you know. Oh look, he's got. Evans is coming back, and, you know, they played the Packers tough. Like, I didn't think that game was as close as it, it turned out to be. I'll, I'll be honest. I think if there's anyone to really target in this game besides, you know, Tom Brady, it's not any specific wide receivers to watch out for for Kansas City. It's Leonard Fournette on the ground. I think he's put up, like, what, 225 yards so far yeah. this season? Like, yeah. he's and, – and I think when you're at the age Brady is and how he's been playing so far – his effectiveness is going to depend on how well that ground game gets going. They can't just, you know, have Brady drop back like, you know, 40, 50 times a game. They're going to need someone to, to you know, run the football out there. So, I mean, but if, hey, if Kansas City can stop him up front, then I think Tampa Bay could be in for a really rough day. 
Uh, they, they, uh, I, I think so too. Cause I just think I, I just know spags and, and I, I could imagine that just the array of blitzes that he's going to send Brady's way. Cause that's how you're going to tip the field. And he looks uncomfortable. I mean, the one thing about, about Tom is that he looks uncomfortable. He, you know, I, the, like you're 45, you're going to be taking a lot of, he's taking a lot of hits. He even said after week one, he was like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And I was like, man, this, you got 60 more of these to go. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least 16. You know what you signed it, up for here, brother? Come on now. It's, it's the truth. Uh, do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. But I think those teams, I, I, look, at, I look at Kansas City and, you know, again, Buffalo, Kansas City, they're still, they're still a panther. I expect the Chargers to be back. But they got to get through this stretch, and they got to get healthy. And losing Joey Bosa is a huge loss. Another one. Yeah, and he just can't stay healthy. It's been an issue for him his entire career. As great of a player as he is, he can't stay on the field. It would not surprise me. Like you talk about the the big matchup last week for Indianapolis and Kansas City, and how you saw Indy kind of coming in that one. Yeah, I kind of get that same vibe with here with Houston and the Chargers. A Houston yeah. team that beat the Chargers last year, by the way, when the Chargers had everything to play for and Houston was playing out the string. It was either the second to last week of the season or third to last week of the season. That game against the Raiders that was spectacular to end the year would have meant nothing. All the Chargers had to do was beat Houston, Houston. and they got run off the field. Yeah, and that Houston, point. And that, that Houston team wasn't as good against as, the Raiders, you're right. What was really – it shouldn't have been that close. You're no. right. And that Houston team wasn't – not that this Houston team is quote-unquote good, but this Houston team has improved and better than that year's Houston team, defensively especially. Stingley's made an impact on that uh, defensive backfield. He's one of the higher-rated uh, defensive backs already uh, so far in his uh, young career with them. Herbert's not healthy. You don't have Keenan Allen. I believe they're going to get Corey Lindsley back on the offensive line, but Rashawn Slater, your all-pro left tackle, is out yeah. for the remainder of the season. I can easily see this as a game that the Chargers could lose on the road against Houston. Yeah. This, uh, go ahead, Chris. Th- this Texans team, their two losses have been by one score. Yeah. And they had a tie, which happened because they let up a 17 point quarter from Indianapolis. But, like, they've hung tough with literally everyone they've played so far. And I know that they're not exactly world beaters they've played. It's been Chicago, who has a very Fugazi two and one record. It's been the Broncos in one of the most bizarrely coached. You know, games from Nathaniel Hackett. We've talked about that in the pet when that happened. Only but, one. Oh man, like I, but I, I just feel like I, I don't know. This is a Texans team that is playing a lot harder than I expected them to play, and I don't know if they're due here against the Chargers. But again, to what you're talking about with how they've struggled with the Texans in the past, I would 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 you guys be surprised? Would like not not just surprised, but shocked if the Texans beat. The Chargers in Houston. No, I almost expected. And by the mm. way, I'm not. I'm not surprised that they're playing hard. You know that Al Lovey got a raw deal in Tampa because he was turning that thing around, and they decided to let him go and give the job to Dirk Cutter because they thought that Jameis Winston was thriving or was going to turn into some superstar, and they didn't want to lose Dirk Cutter. 
And I think they're kind of realizing, well, obviously, Dirk's no longer there. They bring in Tom Brady and the rest is history. But Lovey obviously had a run of success in Chicago. And they, his team's always played hard, always were always good defensively. So it's kind of a bit of a redemption tour for him. I don't think Houston's going to do anything special this year by any means. But by playing hard, being able to turn things around, if they can find the way to get to five, you know, six wins, that might be a win for them this year and they can actually build something. So the fact that they're playing hard and being competitive does not surprise me because that is exactly what Lovey Smith teams do. So let me ask you guys a question. The, the Chargers as a super as a superpower uh, is that are they out no i think think the injuries just keep them it hurts them it keeps them a tier below superpower right now like if they were at full strength i would be comfortable even with their early season starts but without without a doubt yeah Uh, but but here i mean Figure brought up Slater. I mean, these are big time injuries. Forget like Keenan yeah. Allen will be back and yeah. all. And Bosa will be back. By the way, he's not out for the yeah. season. No, uh, he'll, I know. he'll miss about three or four games or, yeah. or four to five games, which is not nothing. I mean, you can go on a losing streak and that can end up costing you. But yeah. you still have one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, albeit he's hurt. But he's still one of the best in the entire NFL. And he's got to get right though, man. Oof. And Austin Eckler was supposed to be this. You know, once again, a weapon for for the Chargers, and he's been kind of held back. Well, they're not running the ball. They, no, they're, they're the worst they're rushing team. If they're not the worst rushing team in the league, they're one of them. And that's part of the partly because they've fallen behind in a couple of games, especially recently. I mean, they're before they could blink, they were down thirteen nothing against Jacksonville, uh, and they just and the, the injuries on the offensive line hinders Austin Eckler's ability to be able to run too. I mean, he's so, he's great on receptions, but he's also these are really short receptions from him too. He's going eight nine receptions a game but only like you know yeah you know recently against vegas only four for 36 like it's not even that he can even be you know dual out of the back out of the backfield anymore i think they'll end up being fine i think they're just going through a tough stretch right now but i do think they're good enough and that justin herbert even while injured so you're still gonna uh you're not selling your stock no you charge your stock i think they're gonna lose at houston this week but i'm not selling my stock on them still being a playoff team this year no, I think they'll 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 still claim a wild card. I'm still confident they will claim a wild card in that I mean, the AFC West right now is still wide open for the for anyone at this point. All right. So coming up, speaking of AFC West, uh are you selling your Bronco stock? Because that I think you sincerely seriously consider. And uh what about the Raiders? I can't believe this division. We got to get to your Raiders as well as we go through the AFC and some of the plot lines. We continue that right here, fellas, on Fox Sports Radio. All right, fellas, live from the TireRack.com studios. Right here, uh, NFL Week Four, and we're tackling some of the questions, and uh, we're looking in the NFC, in the AFC West, and one of the teams that I, I did not expect to look like this: is the resoundingly uh, entertaining eleven to ten win Sunday night aside. Oh. Um, what is up with the Broncos, and what's up with Russ? Fig, it's he does. Is it so much or as simple as he just can't move as well as he did, and that's really affecting where he's at? 
potentially, and this is why I know you asked before the break, like, is it time to sell the Bronco stock? I mean, we talked about this for months. I never bought any, and I wasn't. No, as you hi- did not. And I wasn't you- as high on them as a lot of people were. Um, no, you were steadfast. I got. I you have been saying no. Don't believe the hype. And I, there were signs last year of Russell Wilson not moving as well, not being as efficient throwing the ball downfield as he has been in the past. Now you would hope that having a decent running game, which they're okay, I still don't think they're committed to it enough as they should be, and they they're still not giving it to the right guy. Agreed. I know. How you got Javante Williams and you don't just ride him? I don't get it. And I'm not saying that because he's on my fantasy team. I say that just from a football (laughs) standpoint, too. He's clearly the better back. Not that Melvin is bad, but he's clearly better than Melvin Gordon and more impactful than Melvin Gordon at this point in time, yet they're still doing this two-headed monster deal. Um, He's had time to throw. Now, there was a report about the fact that they kind of, you know, we're half, you know, having fun at practice and not really taking it seriously, you know, in the offseason during training camp, and they thought it would all just kind of fall into place. I don't know if that's true or not, but it certainly would make sense based on how the offense has looked these first couple of weeks because they're way too talented to be this bad. Like, I know I said I wasn't super high on the Broncos, and I said it wouldn't surprise me if they finished first in the AFC West or last in the AFC West, but I certainly didn't think they would be this bad, this abysmal on offense. They've it, not scored, I don't think, 20 points in a game. They have not. It's just been – it's been – and, I mean, I I want to put a lot of that on Nathaniel Hackett just watching how he calls games, but – That doesn't help. I mean, to your point, like, I just I just don't think – it drives me insane. It drives me absolutely insane. But to your point, like, I think there was a, a whole cadre of people who got really blinded by the whole campaign of let Russ cook, that we just kind of ignored that this was a guy – that this was a guy who was kind of regressing – pretty hard the last couple of years and yeah you wondered though in fairness you wondered well you know obviously the thumb was one thing but no what, and there was there was the bit where you know he went on dan patrick and he kind of threw his offensive line under the bus and i mean granted that was yeah, also they, fair but, but it was fa- it was true it was fair, like, fair. i was running for his life and if anything he threw the organization under the bus for not getting him better offensive linemen is what it was right so all of that was fair criticism but now I don't love the Broncos' offensive line either, but there have been pl- plenty of occasions right now that I can think of off the top of my head where he ha- he's had plenty of time to throw, yeah. and there's just nothing there this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, not, be like, more it's a- not like they don't have receivers either. They got all the receivers yeah. in the world. Maybe, yeah. But maybe there should be – and knowing that there's a, you know, a little bit of a regression there, as it happens to everybody, maybe they should go back to what Seattle did when Russ was first there and commit to the run more and work off of play action as opposed to – Letting Russ cook and having him drop back thirty times a game and have him be the hero. There's nothing yep. wrong with being playing, being more conservative and taking your, you know, taking your shots, being more selective when you decide to take shots. Well, especially when guess, you got those back, you got that one. You, know, you got Javante Williams. You got that one big monster. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I listen. I feel you on that. Ra- Raiders. I, I I don't think the Raiders are an 0 and three team. I think they're going to win this week. Uh, they need to. They're playing for their season. What what do you what are you seeing here? This is something that we're we'll tack on the other side to give it some more time to breathe. But when the I look at this Raider team, uh I, I think they're much better than 0 and three. Too talented to be playing as poorly as they have been, and just a couple of mishaps in a couple of games is why they're yeah. 0 and three and not two right, and one. Fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, fellas, live from the tirerack.com studios. Right here. Uh, 
NFL Week Four, and we're tackling some of the questions, and uh, we're looking in the NFC, the AFC West, and one of the teams that I, I did not expect to look like this, the resoundingly uh, entertaining eleven to ten win Sunday night aside. What is up with the Broncos and what's up with Russ Fig? It, it's he does. Is it so much or as simple as he just can't move as well as he did, and that's really affecting where he's at? Potentially, and this is why I know you asked before the break. Like, is it time to sell the Bronco stock? I mean, we talked about this for months. I never bought any, and I wasn't. No, as you hi- did not. And I wasn't you- as high on them as a lot of people were. Um, no, you were steadfast. I got. I you have been saying no. Don't believe the hype. And I, there were signs last year of Russell Wilson not moving as well, not being as efficient throwing the ball downfield as he has been in the past. Now you would hope that having a decent running game, which they're okay, I still don't think they're committed to it enough as they should be, and they they're still not giving it to the right guy. Agreed. I know. How you got Javante Williams and you don't just ride no. him? And I don't not, get it. And I'm not saying that because he's on my fantasy team. I say that just from a football <laughs> standpoint, too. He's clearly the better back. Not that Melvin is bad, but he's clearly better than Melvin Gordon and more impactful than Melvin Gordon at this point in time, yet they're still doing this two-headed monster deal. Um, he's had time to throw. I, now, there was a report about the fact that they kind of, you know, were half, you know, having fun at practice and not really taking it seriously, you know, in the offseason during training camp, and they thought it would all just kind of fall into place. I don't know if that's true or not, but it certainly would make sense based on how the offense has looked these first couple of weeks because they're way too talented to be this bad. Like, I know I said I wasn't super high on the Broncos, and I said it wouldn't surprise me if they finished first in the AFC West or last in the AFC West, but I certainly didn't think they would be this bad, this abysmal on offense. <laughs> They've it, not scored, I don't think, 20 points in a game. They have not. It's just been – it's been – and, I mean, I I want to put a lot of that on Nathaniel Hackett just watching how he calls games, but – That doesn't help. I mean, to your point, like, <laughs> I, just, I just don't think – it drives me insane. It drives me absolutely insane. But to your point, like, I think there was a, a whole cadre of people who got really blinded by the whole campaign of let Russ cook, but we just kind of ignored that this was a guy – that this was a guy who was kind of regressing – pretty hard the last couple of years and yeah you wondered though in fairness you wondered well you know obviously the thumb was one thing but no and there was there was the bit where you know he went on dan patrick and he kind of threw his offensive line under the bus and i mean granted that was also fair but but it was it was true i was running for his life and if anything he threw the organization under the bus for not getting him better offensive linemen is what it was right so all, all of that was fair criticism but now I don't love the Broncos' offensive line either, but there have been pl- plenty of occasions right now that I can think of off the top of my head where he ha- he's had plenty of time to throw. Yeah, and there's just nothing there this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not be like more it's a- not like they don't have receivers either. They got all the receivers yeah. in the world. Maybe, yeah. but maybe there should be. And knowing that there's a you know a little bit of a regression there, as it happens to everybody, maybe they should go back to what Seattle did when Russell was first there and commit to the run more and work off of play action as opposed to. Letting Russ cook and having him drop back thirty times a game and have him be the hero. There's nothing yep. wrong with being playing, being more conservative and taking your, you know, taking your shots, being more selective. We decide to take shots. Well, especially when guess. you got those back, you got that one. You, know, you got Javante Williams. You got that one big monster. Yeah. I mean, you know. I- Do you love Selena? Like really love. 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I Listen, I feel you on that. Ra- Raiders, I, I, I don't think the Raiders are an 0-3 team. I think they're going to win this week. Uh, they need to. They're playing for their season. What what are you what are you seeing here? This is something that we'll we'll tackle on the other side to give it some more time to breathe. But when the I look at this Raider team, uh I, I think they're much better than 0 and three. Too talented to be playing as poorly as they have been. And just a couple of mishaps in a couple of games is why they're yeah. 0 and three and not two All right, and one. Fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. All right. We got, uh, we're, we're all about NFL this hour. And don't forget, we take you up to the, uh, the big kickoff. We, we love it as uh, we hang out. The uh, BetMGM kickoffs coming up. Fox Sports Radio countdown the kickoff at the uh, top of the hour. And uh, big slate of college we've gone over. We'll get more with the big brain on Brad from a betting standpoint. But let's continue around the NFL. Last we left off, we were on the Raiders. That's Figgy squad. The Raiders 0-3. And, and I, I can't believe this is a two-talented roster to be 0-3, I think that changes. In fact, I, I'm actually surprised that the uh, that the line is this tight with Denver. The Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not that surprised. You consider the circumstances the Raiders are under, especially defensively. I, I would say from a Denver standpoint, if there was a week where they were, some, were going to get off offensively, it would be this week. The Raider pass rush has been non-existent outside of Max Crosby, who's been one of the best pass rushers in the league still. Chandler Jones is MIA. Lost snaps last week to Cleveland Farrell, who's a bust, uh, admittedly a bust at this point in time in his career. Uh, def- and the defensive backfield is all banged up. They don't have Denzel Perryman, who's a pro-, pro Bowl linebacker at the second level. So if Denver is ever going to turn things around offensively, this is going to be the week. Now the question is, can the Raiders' offense keep up? They've been able to move the ball, but their issue is – can't score in the red zone, which has been their problem the last couple of years, even under Gruden, and uh, turning the ball over. And can't confirm on, convert on third downs. I mean, Darren Waller dropped three passes last week. I yeah. think he was credited with one. But there was another one where he reached up with one hand, should have reached up with two. That would have been about a 40-yard gain. And then dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone that was tipped up and intercepted by Kevin Byard. Like, that's points that they gave away right there. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona game, you're up 20 nothing. You shouldn't blow that lead. And under no circumstances – do you blow a lead like wow, that? Wow, that was just – I mean, that – And un- and it's a world of difference, Anthony. You know, being 1-2 and two and being 0-3, oh 1-2 and, and two is completely different. If you just win that game, the Charger game notwithstanding and last week's game at Tennessee notwithstanding. But now you find yourself in a position where you're in a must-win. People, people talk about all the stats of a team that's 0-2 oh has, you know, very little chance of making the playoffs. 0-3 oh is even worse, and 0-4. Oh I don't want to say you pack up and go home already, but, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're done. So yeah, it's yeah. a this is as as close to a even must with win. a seventeen game seat like the zero and three stuff, zero and two stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, but 
to your point, zero oh and four. I don't care if you play seventeen games. You're done. In that yeah, you're out of it. Yeah. So it is imperative that they find some way to be able to win this game against Denver if they have any thoughts or designs of being in the playoff race. You know, a month and a half from now. But right now, it looks pretty bleak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's take a gander real quick into the and uh, into the AFC South since we're in the AFC South. What about Jacksonville? Are we giving Jackson enough, Jacksonville enough credit? You know, they go in to the against the Chargers and roll, and we go, well, look, I mean, uh, Herbert banged up, that whole team's banged up, and they are right. Yeah. However, but. I think Jay Lawrence is legit. I uh, they got some good weapons. Think, Christian Kirk, I think two backs. Dougie Peterson's working his magic. You know, I think he's making a big difference. You know, and I, I think that game this weekend coming back to Philly is going to be very interesting. Now, do I think Jacksonville is going to win? No. I will say, and this might be a hot take. I would not be surprised if they found a way to win. That would be a very you talk about like just the NFL and the unpredictability. Here's a, here's a shocker for you. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Because doesn't it just feel like one of those games yeah. where the Eagles should roll as good as they've been playing? Jalen Hurts is the MVP candidate right now, but it, it's the, the it's this league. It's it's yeah. it's it's almost like a keep you honest league. It is. Right? It absolutely is. No, listen, I, I think the Eagles are legit. I told, been saying that for how long? For months. For months. I've been telling you. I told you go bet them to win the division. I said they were the best team in the division. I love what Howie Roseman's done. I mean, he he has been. He, I'm close to that team. I've seen him built it. I mean, they're legit, legit good. However, I think this is a tough matchup for him. Everybody yeah. here is going, wow, the Eagles win double digits. And I think they probably win the game. But I think, first of all, I think it's the best quarterback they're going to see that, so far. I mean, at Cousins. Yeah. But I think Lawrence is better. He can move, which mm-hmm. presents a different challenge. He's got good weapons. He's got two good backs. Their, de- their defensive front is pretty good. Yeah. So I think it's a dangerous, and you're right. I mean, listen, there's one team that he wants to beat more than anybody, and uh-huh. it's Philadelphia. I don't think you can discount that aspect of it, too, there, Cuz, too. I, that, I that, think you're right. That weighs in heavily. Listen, you know, this Doug Peterson won the Eagles' uh, only Super Bowl yep. and was fired. Now, I, I actually agree with it and actually think that they're in a better spot. Like, I, I like Sirianni a ton. I, I think – He's a he's a really bright, you know. Uh, he's got a great handle on things, so I think it worked out for the Eagles. However, if I'm Doug, I still feel a certain way. Yeah, I was like, I won you your first and only Super Bowl championship. Yeah, and probably feels like he was caught up in in a political situation with the quarterback and and Carson and all that stuff, which is, is can be very difficult difficult to control and him in. So, uh, but to your point, things kind of got away from him a bit. I wasn't necessarily upset that he was let go. You know, it was just a, it was it was unfortunate for him. But look, he's resurfaced and looks like he's turning things around for Jacksonville, which is great to see. I mean, Trevor Lawrence at times looked like Justin Herbert. He outherberted Justin Herbert at times last week. He you did. Know? They have kind of a similar build and play yeah. a similar style. You're right. He on, just hasn't man. had the same infrastructure and good coaching and, and players around him like like Herbert has. But you're seeing. When he has that, and don't discount that two-headed monster at running back. People, you know, gave up on James Robinson, said his career uh-huh. was over. And look how good he's been to start the season. He and, is good. He 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 really is. And you put and him everybody back co- there with ATN? Yeah. ATN. Everybody kept saying, ATN's job, ATN's job. And yeah. James Robinson's going, whoa, 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 wait a second. Yeah. 
You get the two-headed monster at running back with Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, to your point. People laughed at him when they signed him to that contract, saying, what the hell are you doing? Just because you have money doesn't mean you have to spend it. And he's balling out. So He's legit. He Eagles is. wanted him, by the way. Did they? Yep. They made an offer. Um, now, they were, they were surprised at the deal he signed, but they liked him a lot. Now, they're in a better spot because they yeah. got A.J. Brown. Now, I will say, receiving-wise, I think they're fine. they're fine at the moment. Devontae Smith had his first breakout with Hurts last week, which is scary. I mean, I'll be honest with you. This is th- th- these receivers are the best in the franchise history, and it's not even close. Wow. This two, th- these two tandem, these two receivers, and you could throw in Dallas Goddard, a tight end. Who I love, I love Goddard. He's a yeah, he's terrific. Those those guys, the best receivers in Eagles franchise history, and it's not even close. Wow. I was a Harold Carmichael guy, but I'll take your word for it. I love Harold Carmichael, but yeah. these, you know. I was twelve feet tall playing receiver. I loved it. Yeah, he was, but, and he's a. By the way, you, you would love him. He's a great man too. Oh, is he? That's yeah, great, 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 wonderful guy. Beautiful man. But you're right, and the the you know hurts, and you know the only big drawback that we discussed in the off season with me with the Eagles, I thought they had everything except the quarterback, and he had to prove it to me, and he's he's proven it because he's slinging that thing, and those guys are playing. AJ Brown has been amazing. Devontae Smith, as I mentioned, had that big breakout game. I mean, if you surround somebody who has some deficiencies, even as well as he's playing, you can admit to that. But with guys who can actually go up and make plays, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit. With a great offensive line, their line is, is oh yeah, impenetrable. It's all day to throw. Yeah, and then I mean, the fact that he's he's basically another running back. So now you have to account for him in the running game every single play, along with Sanders. Like, I mean, they're really difficult to scheme for because they can now beat you in multiple ways. Well, the other thing, too, is what has impressed me about Jalen Hurts is what he's doing pre-snap. Like, it's the second year in Sirianni's system. And it's funny because they tortured Wentz last week. Yeah. The Eagles' defense was all over him. Did he sack nine times they sacked him? Was it nine? Nine times. Yeah, nine. They just were all over him. And really the beauty of, of the whole thing is his warts played out right his warts did playing hero ball holding mm-hmm. on to the football right right not being smart but in, you know again in fairness to him he didn't have any time but still yeah it it really illustrated the difference with him and hurts where hurts has a brain and he's got uh <laughs> i mean i don't want to be cruel about it but i mean you know, the other guy might be a little bit of a tin man scarecrow type of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Hertz is the opposite. He does, he's not six five with the big arm that Wentz has. Just uh, saying, Wentz is a little bit of a nobody's home every now yes. and then upstairs. Yes, 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 yes. And he's filled with pride too. Like yeah. plays. When I say pride, I mean in a bad way, ego, mm-hmm. right. which is you know, Jalen doesn't have that, and that has helped him. And what he's done is pre-snap. He he's second year in that system. He knows where to go pre-snap. And I think being decisive with the football for a quarterback is just everything. And and he's showing you where he knows where to go with the ball. Yeah, and you know that that probably works in Jalen's favor and hurts Carson. Carson is so big and physically gifted and can throw the ball a trillion miles an hour and, and, and ninety yards through the air. Yeah. So he feels like he needs to do that every single play, or I can do this on every play. Exactly. Jalen can't do that. So he has to, like, you know, 
Focus on the fundamentals. Play within the box. Yeah, yeah, play within whatever system you know you're given, and try and read your progressions and do all that. And so, you know, I feel like the what has befallen Carson is what's befallen a lot of guys who are physically gifted. Uh, they feel like they can just rely on their physical gifts and can make the spectacular play at all times, and that's just not the case. And they don't feel the need to have to hone it in and yeah. you know play within the system. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I think you're right about that. Hey, real quick, let's tackle these two teams. Because, uh, you know, the two of this, you know, the NBA's, the NBA, the NFL's elites, which are New England and Pittsburgh, both with some issues. Mac Jones out for New England. And how soon until Trubisky is out for Pittsburgh? Do you uh, look at their, or what kind of stock? Are you buying any stock here, Fig, for Patriots or Steelers? Two of the former elites. Not really. The Patriots haven't really shown a whole lot to me this year. Uh, off- no. Offensively, at times, they're able to move the ball, and then whenever they do, it seems like Nelson Aguilar is fumbling the ball away. So they <laughs> have that working against them. They're they're not the same defensively. I just I don't want to say that Bill Belichick has mailed it in, but doesn't it just seem like this? Just the vibe with that team is a little bit different. Yes, you stunningly know? so. Yes, like he just. I'm not going to question that his work ethic and say he's not working hard anymore, but, I mean, there have been times where they haven't had the most raw talent, but they're able to outsmart and outscheme and all of that. They just don't seem to be able to do that these days. So, Uh, And then with Pittsburgh, we knew it was going to be an issue for them offensively, especially at the quarterback position. I'm still surprised they selected Mitch Trubisky to be the the starter coming in, to be honest with you. I'm surprised there's still – yeah, I mean – all right, come on, let's go. I mean, everybody yeah. can't wait for Pickett. The whole, the whole, all the whole Berg can't wait for it. Like, all right, let's go. Unless, on, what, are you, what are we doing here? Unless he's truly that bad and that unprepared. And look, I know it's preseason, but he looked pretty. He looked like he can hold his own at least and be competent in an NFL game playing in the preseason. At least yeah. give him a shot. So, look, Tomlin's been around. I do trust him. I think he's a great coach. So there, there must be something that he's not seeing and thinking that Pickett is not ready to play yet. So I guess I'll trust his judgment on that. I thought defensively coming into the year, Pittsburgh was good enough to keep themselves in most games and maybe compete for the final wild card spot. But with Watt out, I mean, that's a huge loss. Their their pass rush numbers and production have dipped significantly. Their run defense has dipped significantly with him being out. So the, the, the arrow is pointing down for both New England and uh, Pittsburgh this year for me. Yeah, I, I feel you. Chris, Psycho, are you buying? Are, are you buying any of those uh, those former uh, elite teams? I'm not sure where I stand. I I can't. I it's given how stacked the AFC North is. I just can't buy the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. We talked about problems with the Bengals so far, but at some point the Browns will get their quarterback back, and the Ravens are still the Ravens. I just at one and two now. I can't buy. The Pittsburgh Steelers, and I, I don't know. I, I I understand that the Steelers are probably taking the long route with Kenny Pickett, getting him ready for a unforeseen future season. But Mitch Trubisky is. It's it, I I don't know. It's it's fascinating to watch people still make you know excuses for Mitch Trubisky that he is a a quarterback you can build a team around, and I've just never bought it. But more than that, I just don't think the the rest of the pieces around that Steelers team right now are conducive to an offense, even with a rookie quarterback in there, that'll take them places. I'm not buying it all in the Steelers. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I think it's unanimous. Yeah, if they're only going to do anything. It would they would have to ride the back of Najee Harris offensively, and he just hasn't no, he's paid not. off to what they thought he would be. And the Patriots, I just this is a year where I just think like the bottom's just going to fall out on it, and I don't even think that's really hot to even say. Like this, what what's happened to them on offense has just been utterly just. I I don't know. I I I I am not able to present a compelling argument without getting into my personal feelings about someone like Matt Patricia. Well, yeah, Mr. Pencil behind the ear with the laminated sheet is calling plays. I, I mean, don't understand what Bill Belichick sees in him calling offense right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, you know, man. I, I, I feel you. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come back to Big Brain on Bellas. Hanging on a Fox football Saturday live from the Tyrac.com studios. All right, here's the deal. Every week this time, we take a look at all the games, the whole weekend's card from a betting standpoint. And joining us, he is uh, our betting analyst who does such a great job. My man, the big brain on Brad. Brad Feinberg, big brain. Good morning. Good morning, G. Anthony. How are you? All right, buddy. You know, we got a new uh, new week upon us. Exactly. Right? You know, it's fun to, to, to suss him out. Let's look at a little college because I, I'm right away, I, I'm confused by this line. I don't know. I love Kentucky. The line's telling you old yeah. Miss all day, but I love Kentucky. I got to tell you something. It's really funny you say that, Anthony. I was literally just thinking about that game, no joke, like one second ago, and that was the game I kept <laughs> really trying to figure out. Same thing. That line is telling you it's it's a it's you, I, I can't figure out why that line is the way it is. I made this line substantially less. Uh, I made this line closer to three, and it's six and a half. Um, I don't understand it. Ole Miss has had done nothing in terms of look at who they've played, Anthony. They've they've played Troy, they played Central Arkansas, um, they played Georgia Tech, and they played Tulsa. Okay, this has been just uh, a who's who of not. And look, you know, Kentucky, you know, they've become a real program, I think. Now, again, I understand last week they didn't have the best game against Northern Illinois. Uh, and they haven't played a great schedule, clearly. I understand that. Florida was their only, quote-unquote, hard game. But I still thought this line should have been close to a field goal. Uh, I definitely lean here to the underdog uh, wild catch it. Anthony, but again, I don't know if we really know how good either team is because both teams have kind of played somewhat of a soft schedule. All right, now, it's funny. From a football standpoint, I also think the matchups favor Kentucky because, look, Ole Miss can run it. Now, I know playing the Grove is tough, but Ole Miss can run it, but Kentucky's excellent against the run. For you sure. Know, a, so that's why, you know, and I, like, I'm with you on, you know, I we still don't know how good they are. Will, Levis, Will Levis is, I, I like. So, I don't know. I keep going back to the matchups. The football, from a football standpoint, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm again. I'm, I'm on Ole Miss. Uh, this is going to be fun one to watch. I agree with you. Yeah, it should be again. I, I do agree. The line to me was a little perplexing, just because again, I'm really not so sure what they've done to deserve that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of respect. But we'll yeah. see. All right, uh, let's go on. Bama in action today, slaying 17 on the road in Arkansas. I don't know. Maybe maybe I still got that Texas game 
it, it kind of in, in my craw, but I think that's too many points. Yeah, listen, I mean, Jefferson had a huge, <clears throat> excuse me, huge fumble last week, uh, and, their, and their tough loss to, to A&M. Um, look, again, I, I agree. Look, I think, our, I, I think Arkansas is a, is a good team. I really, really do. Um, you know, last year Arkansas played really well against them. They only lost by seven points. Um, and it's, you know, this is still the similar kind of, you know, Alabama team that, you know, that we have the game in Arkansas. Look, Anthony, again, my numbers made this closer to 14 and a half. Um, I'm going to, I took Arkansas here getting yeah. those points. Yeah. I think they can make this a competitive game. Um, and I, again, I, I certainly expect Alabama to win the game, but the number came in about two and a half points higher than I would have made it. And, um, I think, I think Arkansas is a good team. Again, I, I know they lost that tough game to Texas A&M. Took a lot of things for them to lose that game. Um, I, I like Arkansas here. Uh, where do you stand? So you're, we agree here. We've, we agree to the first couple. How about Wake, Florida State? I think that's a lot of points. Do you're to give Hartman and that offense six and eight? Yeah, I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to go the other way on that one, okay. Anthony. Look, you know, I, I I think, you know, look, Wake last week, you know, I had Clemson against them and I lost by a point. Um, but I thought that was a very, that was like a very all-in game, in my opinion, for them. Florida State's actually, to me, Anthony, like I've been impressed with what I've seen. Um, Agreed. I, I actually think that they've maybe, I don't want to say turn the corner, but I think that they've become like a, uh, like a legitimate, at least for this year, like a legitimate team that I, that I trust, um, you know, they really, in my opinion, you know, but they had that clutch win. They've had good games, that clutch win at LSU and the missed extra point at the end. Winning at Louisville, to me, was a, certainly a quality win. Uh, Wake, again, I understand they have the quarterback back, and I understand they can score points. I get it all. Uh, but to me, uh, I actually like Florida State here. I think they win this game by at least a touchdown. All right. Uh, one other dog that I, I like and it happens tonight, I like the Wolfpack catching seven. You know, that was one of my, Anthony, it's funny, that was one of my big bets uh, before the year was them to win the ACC, um, getting like 12 to 1 odds, so I will be have a big interest in that game. I do like the over in that game. Um, I bet over 42, it's now up to, I think, 44 and a half, so I still expect it to keep climbing upwards. I think there was too much of an adjustment for potential weather, which I think is going to be okay uh, there, but um, I do think that's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I do lean NC State. Uh, I would have wished you could have grabbed over a touchdown, but it is seven. Um, I think Clemson is an overrated team. Neither of these teams to me are like potential national championship contenders. I think Clemson, because of their past pedigree, is getting a little bit too much respect of being a national title contender. I don't think, even with the improved quarterback play they've gotten this year from DJ, um, I am not a fan of uh, of what I've seen in terms of this team advancing and, and potentially being a uh, a Final Four team. I don't see that. Um, I think this game does go over the total. Um, certainly, you know, with Leary, I think NC State can score points, um, and I think NC State does cover this game. Yeah, and yeah, I'm with you. Uh, one of our listeners loves Wisconsin. I kind of agree with him. <laughs> You know, look, Wisconsin, you know, look, they, you know, Illinois to me is uh, uh, a lot. Look, it's interesting. A lot of money has come in on Illinois. And, you know, Illinois' defense has been really, really good. Um, now, last week, Wisconsin was, was absolutely 
just manhandled uh, in, in the game against Ohio State, which I was actually a little surprised about how, um, how dominant Ohio State was. I, I thought that Wisconsin would put up more of a, a fight than they did. Look, the line is somewhat cheap. I get it. I get it. The line is really somewhat cheap. The only loss Illinois has had, they lost by a field goal to Indiana. Uh, I know this is a game traditionally Wisconsin would roll. I get that. But I'm not so sure this is the same Wisconsin kind of team that we've seen in the past. I mean, they lost also at home to Washington State previously. Anthony. Yeah. I'm actually going to lean here the other way. Uh, again, I did not bet the game, but I think Illinois' defense will keep this game tight. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring, tight, tough game. I mean, the over-under is in the low 40s. So right. um, I'm going to lean here to the dog, but a game, uh, I, I don't think this is the same Wisconsin team that we've seen in the past. I just, I don't, I don't trust. Again, I, I think Merch has been one of the most overrated players. I He got all this hype for being this yeah, great yeah, quarterback, yeah, yeah. No. and he's just been very okay. He's Petrus-like. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's, I'm looking at he's 24 touchdowns, 18 interceptions in his career. He's very mediocre, and yeah. but he had a lot of hype coming in, and I think he's gotten still a little bit of that because he was a good, you know, supposed to be so good. I think he's gotten a little bit too much respect from the line makers, and this team as a result has gotten too much respect. Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling all that. All right, uh, sit tight because then we're going to go to the uh, big boys. But uh, hey, let's get Figgy up here, a little trending action. All right, we'll start in Major League Baseball. You had the Braves hitting three home runs off of Jacob DeGrom, notching a 5-2 to two victory over the Mets on Friday night. New York and Atlanta tied atop the National League East standings with just five games remaining in the regular season. Seattle getting a walk-off home run from Cal Rowley, picking up a 2-1 to one victory over Oakland. Most importantly, they clinched their first playoff berth since 2001, 21 years. Elsewhere, Tampa Bay hammered Houston 7-3. They clinched their fourth consecutive playoff appearance. The Houston loss means the Dodgers clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Los Angeles with a 10-1 victory over Colorado. And the NFL Patriots quarterback Mac Jones out for Sunday's game against Green Bay with a high ankle sprain. Bears running back Jordan Montgomery will miss the game against the Giants with ankle and knee injuries. College football Friday night, UCLA defeating number 15 Washington 40-32. to Four total touchdowns there for Dorian Thompson-Robinson for UCLA. Wins for Boise State, UNLV, and Tulane, who is now 4-1 after a 27-24 victory over Houston. Back to the fellas. All right. Thank you, my brother. We are the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. And don't forget, as we sit here, we got a monster uh, from because we're taking a look at everything from a betting standpoint. And uh, we got the monster show coming your way at the top of the hour. That's right, football fans. Be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff today. Coming up at the top of the hour at 9, tomorrow at 10. As we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, all presented by BetMGM. The big brain on Brad as we take a look at it from a betting standpoint. Let's take a look at the NFL, my brother. So uh, I always hit you with a couple of games I love. I'm all over Kansas City and the big game tomorrow night against Tampa. I just think it goes back to protect, protect, protect. And if you can't protect against Spags, and his and his blitzing defense, I think you're going to be trouble even with Brady. 
You know, Anthony, look. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I bet the over in this game, I bet over 45 points. I do think there'll be points where I think the total is not, I think it's just too low according to my numbers. I did take Kansas City in some teasers taking them from uh, getting to now getting over seven and a half points in two game teasers, because I do think if Tampa Bay is to win the game, which I don't expect until I do agree, Kansas City is going to win. I would be very surprised if Tampa Bay is able to win this game by any kind of margin. I think Kansas City is a great play in teasers. If you get them to getting seven and a half points, you can get them in six. Some people have one and a half. You could do a six point teaser. Others have one. You could do a six and a half point teaser. And I like the over in that game as well, Anthony. I also had a couple props in that game. I bet Clyde Edwards-Alaire under nine and a half rushing attempts. His snap counts continue to go down, down, and down. He's been one of the most inefficient runners in all football. Under nine and a half rushing attempts. I also took under nine and a half receiving yards for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Wow. Okay. Um, the London game, or the England game, from Tottenham. We got Minnesota and New Orleans, and it's Andy Dalton. I, I got to love a Minnesota all day long in this game. Uh, are you good with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm upset. I, I miss. It's funny. Uh, I was out when the news broke that Jameis was out. The line went from two and a half, which I still did like Minnesota, but now you're paying an extra tax of that huge number of three, up to three and a half. Only way I'm looking here is the Vikings side, Anthony. I do agree with you. Uh, Andy Dalton to me is just proven you know, what he is. Uh, he is a backup quarterback, um, and, and he's nothing more than that. Uh, the Saints, you know, Kamara to me has not looked right either. Um, no Michael Thomas. Uh, now, I know Vikings have not looked good the last two weeks, but the only way I'm looking here is Minnesota. I did bet Adam Thielen actually under 51.5 yards as a prop in this game. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, could, I could totally see that. Uh, where, where else? Well, the games kind of stick out to you when you're, uh, when you're kind of sussing out. The only other game that I, I kind of I'm looking at is I like the Raiders. I. I I just can't yeah. believe the Raiders are going to be 0-4. Anthony, listen, I, I agree with you on that. I, I really do. Now, again, from a, look, from a power rating standpoint, I can't tell you that that's a good play. I can't. I can't look you in the eye and say that's a good play because right now I do have Denver rated uh, about a point and a half better than Oakland. I'm sorry, than Las Vegas. So from a power rating standpoint, I thought maybe Las Vegas would come in as a one-point favorite. But from a situational standpoint, Here's a team that, to me, is this is this is their season. They're not as bad as as what they've shown so far. They're not a, in my opinion, they're not really they're not an zero and three team. They've lost three games that the that they easily could have won, and and that's I mean that Cardinal loss was an all timer. I think they win this game, and I actually think they win it by margin. Um, I think Russell Wilson does not look like the same Russell Wilson we saw in Seattle. Uh, him losing his mobility, Anthony, to me, has affected him tremendously. Tremendously. So, no, I did bet Las Vegas here. I like the Raiders. I know some Sharps, I know, took Denver and teases. I would be careful on that because I actually think there's a decent chance. And I know you talk about the alternate line a lot. I think this is a game I would not be surprised if Las Vegas won by margin. Uh, where, else, uh, where, where else are you looking yeah. at? Any, anywhere else that pop yeah, out I think there's an overreaction to a game, Anthony. I really, really do. Let's think about this. The Chargers. 
Now, I understand they've had injuries. I get understand that Bosa is out, and they lost their all-pro tackle in Slater. I, I get it. But do you know what the line was, Anthony, when Denver played Houston? Well, Denver, yeah, Denver, Denver, Denver was like nine and a half. Or they were close ten to and nine. Half. Ten, ten and, and a half. half. That's ten it. and a half. So now, now, let me ask you a question. Now, the Chargers, who were, in my opinion, every bit as I have them rated a point higher than Denver, but let's just call them comparable. How are they only laying five? I, I, I think this is ridiculous. I, I absolutely think it has been. Who was Houston? I mean, they, they yeah. played Indy, and they, uh, they, they, they didn't do anything against Denver. They lost to Chicago. Um, I, I still think Justin Herbert, now he's had an extra week off. Um, I, I think this line should have been at least a touchdown. I really, really do. I think that the Chargers are undervalued here. Um, I understand there's injuries. I get it. But well, again, Houston, I, I know Keenan Allen's hurt, but I, the Texans here. I agree. I, I, Houston's defense is not good. No, and, and to me, this is the rare case where we get, in my opinion, the, the usually it's the glamour team you pay the point spread tax on. Why am I paying a point spread tax on the Houston Texans? I don't get yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> again, I, I may lose this this bet, and that's fine, but uh, I like this game. Again, I think I have the far better team laying a very, very reasonable price, Anthony. And another game, now this one I do understand why the line has been bet down, but I think it's been bet down a little bit too much. I still like Detroit. Now, I understand that my weapons have been cut. Uh, yeah, having Swift, been, you know, the Swift, St. And, Brown. Or, I get it. I get. It. I still can't help myself. You could lay three laying, laying you know, a little bit heavier juice, and I just still believe that they have the better, mostly of everything. Uh, Detroit. Um, I think they have a far better offensive line. I think that they will be able to. I don't expect Geno Smith to have been this success, much success at all. Geno Smith, Anthony, has gone over two hundred and fifty-three and a half passing yards. Eight of his thirty-seven career starts. I've been under 253 and a half there. I don't understand the love for Gino. No, no. Hey, how do you handicap Monday night? Rams and Niners, great game. Yeah, Anthony, it's interesting. Uh, look, you know, I, the Niners, I was, they did not look good at all uh, in, that, in that game against Denver. Jimmy G was not on. Their offense was just not sharp at all. And they just they lost their all-world tackle, Trent Williams, who's many considered to be the best tackle yeah. in all pro football. But that all that being said, Anthony, I did wager on the 49ers. I did. Um, wow. I look, they've had a lot of success against the Rams straight up. They played this team very, very tough in these matchups. Now, it's a rematch of last year's title game when the Niners had that 10-point lead and they ended up losing by a field goal um, to the Rams. And then the Rams, of course, ended up winning the Super Bowl. But I do expect, I think San Fran will win this game. I think they will have a lot more success than they had against Denver in that game. Now that Jimmy G is it's now his, his third game playing. Um, again, from a power rating standpoint, the line makes sense. It's not any value per se, but I do think 49ers matchup-wise can, can do okay against the Rams. I know a lot of people I know have talked about why are they even favored. Well, again, this is a team that does have, Anthony, a tremendous defense. And, you know, now that Kittle's back and Debo and Ayuk, they have some good skill players. And to me, the Rams have not quite looked right all year either, especially Allen Robinson. Uh, I think the Niners are able to win this game by at least a field goal. Oh, wow. That's wild. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's, 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 and it's funny because you led, and I thought you were going the other way. Um, I, I, listen, I like Buffalo. Um Yeah. I I do. I think Buffalo. I think there's. There, uh, I, I, it's weird. I've been hearing all this Baltimore love, and I don't really understand it. We're, Anthony, we're on the same page here again. 
This line opened three and a half. A lot of sharps took the three and a half. Okay, look, my numbers actually did make this line three and a half. So now you want to give it three. I'm on Buffalo here. I agree. Also, like over 51 points. Again, the weather could be an issue, though, so I'm monitoring that. But I do like Buffalo here. Look, Baltimore, again, I, I don't understand quite all the Baltimore love. Lamar, you know, who you've you know, been on for a long time. He's been tremendous. I get, I get how good he is. I understand that. But to me, Buffalo, I just have a lot more faith in this team, actually on both sides of the ball, to get it done. Um, I, I, again, I thought this line should have been at least three and a half. I think that Buffalo, coming off a tough loss to Miami, wins and covers this game against a solid Baltimore team. But a Baltimore team, to me, that defensively has just been absolutely like horrible. I mean, New England scored 26 against them. Miami scored 42 against them. I'm not so sure. Again, I think Buffalo is going to have a lot of success as well. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, listen, great stuff as always. And we cover, we got all your best bets, right? There's nothing else we missed in college that you love? No, no, no. You, 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 we, we, we got the stuff. We got the stuff. I did about, like, too many props to count in the NFL. But, uh, but, uh, but I could maybe, I could, yeah, I mean, I, I hopefully, hopefully I have a good day in that. I'll tell you this. I took Josh Allen over one and a half passing touchdowns, Anthony. I laid two to one, but he's 18 and three his last 21 games. Sometimes you can have big value in laying a big over price. I thought he should be laying at least minus 300. I laced Josh Allen's over and touchdown. I think that's a great bet as long as they continue to make that two and a half, one and a half touchdowns. I love it. All right, great stuff. There he is, the big brain on Brad. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Anthony. Good luck to everyone out there. All right, we'll come back and uh, we'll wrap it up, fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, uh, fellas. Wrapping one up on a uh, Fox football Saturday. Live from the uh, Tyrac.com studios. Figgy and Psycho Chris, Ethan producing. I'm cuz. That's the crew. Uh, what did we learn today, Fig? Um, we know that the, the, a lot of people, uh, but especially Psycho Chris, is anti-judge uh, baseball and the Yankees. <laughs> well, I am anti-Yankees. I'm with them on that. So, Yeah, well, listen, I'm with you on that, too. I, who, I, you who, know, who doesn't? I you can't got hate no the Yankee. Yankees. You ain't got no soul. I, I agree with that, Psycho. I do. I th- I think you're right about that. One of our <laughs> one of our listeners hits us up, man. The, people are insane. He goes, uh, I hate to say it, but you're wrong. Baseball sucks. <laughs> this is George. First, baseball sucks. Second, I could care. Uh, if I cared what Judge was doing, I would be watching baseball. I doubt that one hockey broadcast would stop to announce Earnhardt Sr.'s death. I, I don't know. I, I, I Again, I just think if sometimes we may, we may not, you know, that might be not our first interest, but A, I think we should recognize how big something is, right? Even if we do not say like it, sometimes I think we live in this me, 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 me. If I don't like it, nobody should like it. Instead of realizing, well, you know what? There is, you know, heavy meaning to something. Yeah. I mean, there's also something to be said for catering to a specific audience, and that audience might not be interested in certain things. So that maybe there's a cut in or a mention after it happens and not right. necessarily having to do it live when someone watching another event may not be interested in it. So 
I certainly understand that. It does not bother me, but I can understand why people would be bothered by it. I have to agree with your guy in the sense that if I wanted to watch Aaron Judge try to hit that home run, I, I'd I, watch I, the baseball. I know you agree with that. I, I, I know you do. I, I, know, I know I'm in the minority here. I don't understand the, the – like, to me, I look at, like, sports is this big thing. Like, I may not be, say, the biggest, I don't know, tennis fan, I, right? I, I would I would agree but, with it more in the age of if we were still just had one ESPN channel or two ESPN channels, mm-hmm. that's fine to do the cut-ins. We have so many streaming options, and ESPN themselves have really made it accessible to watch this baseball game. It's not just on yes. So the options are there to watch it. So I find the cut-ins <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Uh, give me your big pick for the weekend, Figgy. The one, the pick that you love. Big pick Col- for the one weekend. in college and one NFL. Oh, well, I don't know if I, if it's big that I would pick that I would pick Arkansas. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go with it. Arkansas over Alabama, and I'm gonna go with the Raiders getting their first win against Denver. I love it. All right, that's gonna do it for us, everybody. Have a great weekend. We love you, fellas. Are out. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.